Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 138 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals, even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Max Liaoshlo, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is my co-conspirator in tortious interference, Brett heathen dog grissomer how are you today sir i am well when you said tortious interference the first thing i the first thing my brain went to was uh some kind of testicle thing where it gets twisted and it was bad that my, my <laughs> head went to a bad place just not good well apparently we're ruining deal well, i'm ruining deals with somebody yes you're you are you are anti-cap you are communist oh <laughs> oh commie schlow <laughs> whatever the internet's full of weirdos and it's okay because we're part of those weirdos but uh yeah uh, so how's your week uh eventful oh well because well, i told all mine on the friday night chill stream i don't oh, need okay. to go through that again so uh right, well uh as you know i uh upgraded my pc finally i got the i got the bracket from nzxt so i could use my uh 360 uh water cooler 360 rad water cooler and i want to do that mm-hmm and uh yeah i hit some problems hard or flexible tubing flexible i hit some problems um i had a secret memory stick issue what i what i mean by secret is that it would it would error correct so it wouldn't be apparent all the time but when i was installing things or loading up images of you know my operating system it would interject little errors here and there in the, in are the you sure that's not your porn just leaking through? No, no. All my porns, all my hardcore storage. I never touched it. Unless <laughs> <laughs> he said hardcore storage. I yeah. did. If you deleted the porn off my computer, it would be noticeably lighter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So it took me about 10 hours of troubleshooting total to figure out I had a memory stick problem. Because it kept saying, uh, it kept saying other crap. It kept throwing out other errors, like driver errors, this error, that error. And I finally nailed it down to the one, the one stick of RAM. And it, it passed the Windows diagnostic, but it did not pass mem, uh, mem test. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so I, I did the Windows because the mem test one, you got to get a USB drive and do it through, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was. It, it, I I did it as a last resort. So I went to Micro Center, just traded them out, and I came in, I put them in. And it booted up. I'm like, okay, well, that was like a 50. That was like before that was a coin flip, whether it booted up or not. And then I decided to to put in the uh, Expo profile, which is the same as XMP. Mm-hmm. Failed. I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? But then I looked up. I, I remembered something I read about uh, DDR5. I looked it up. And sometimes with even with an XMP profile, you put in one stick, activate the XMP, boot up your computer, let it sit for five minutes, shut it off, put the second stick in, and then boot it up again. And then it'll work. <laughs> I said, well, that's kind of lame, but it worked. It worked 100%. But now that I had good memory, I had to re- I had to reinstall my OS drive image because it probably had secret errors everywhere. I had to do driver cleanups, all that stuff. So it was about... Total upgrading my, my PC from start to finish in working hours. I probably did 16 to 18 hours Wow, to get it up. 
Not that it would have helped you, but I, I love Glary's utilities. You love what? Glary's utilities. And what? what oh, it's it? a registry cleaner. Mem uh, well, you can have it help with memory management, but it's really nothing more than the Windows thing. Uh, it cleans cache. It's pretty much a mostly, I wouldn't say a defragger. It's a hard drive cleaner and registry cleaner for what I use it. It has many more tools than that. But uh, it's helped my computer stay running at a decent, because, you know, Windows likes to have bloat and all this other nonsense. You know, you're supposed to reinstall it every year, yada, yada. I don't do mm -hmm. that. I keep running Glary's and my computer, other than I don't think it's overclocked anymore. I got to check on that. It's not that important to me. Um, my computer's not slow other than it's old. Yeah, fair. Now, the end result. I'm happy about the end result. Now, as, as many of you, if you care about computers, may have heard, the 7000 series processors run out of the box super hot. There's like, oh, no, it's made to go to 95. Fuck you, nothing processor made to go to 95 you're just trying to pad your numbers so uh it has a it has a max uh core boost out of the box of about 5.5 gigahertz all core but that's at 95 degrees it can go single core 5.7 but all core is 5.5 and the base is 4.7 is that even with water cooling yeah wow. it will jack it until it hits 95 it oh, doesn't okay. care what your solution is It'll be at 95. Okay. So what I did was I decided, okay, well, I'm at 5.5 at 95 degrees. To me, that's unsustainable. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I, I locked the, the, the uh, uh, processor at 5.1 all the time and then left the voltage on auto. So it'll adjust the voltage until it reaches a stable 5.1. It'll stop going up. So before it was hitting like 1.35 all core volts to get to 5.5. Now it's 1.05 volts to get to 5.1. And the temperature dropped from 95 to 64. And it's still stable? It's absolutely stable. Awesome. I ran I ran 8 to 64 for five hours, 100% load. Didn't, didn't get above 64 degrees. That's the maximum it ever hit, 64, for any reason whatsoever. Uh, resting is about 18 degrees and normal, normal, like usage is about 30 and playing a game is 40 and that's it. How are you getting Honestly, how are you getting it down to 18 considering that it's resting should be room temperature? Well, when it, uh, well, eight, 18, well, I'm in a basement with my, with my main rig. So it's, it's about 67 degrees down here. And then that plus the fan and the moving water, it actually gets a little bit below ambient, but not enough to actually hit the dew point. Gotcha. Because it's not very humid down here. But uh um what else? Um yeah, so this so now I'm very happy with it. It's run everything like a champ. And I got uh I got no bad things to say about it except for, for about three days I was very, very angry all the time and got very little sleep and it was <laughs> That's me. My wife hates it when something's wrong with my computer, she'll be like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't going to talk to me you're not going outside you're not going to work you're not going to sleep no right yeah that's about it yeah when, when i did sleep it was for two to four hours in my chair next to my computer <laughs> i didn't go to bed for two days <laughs> yes Ravenslayer. this is kitty uh by the way this is the cat nobody ever sees so take a good look now this is nova cat 
The one that uh, the seven, six, seven-year-old that's been hiding all the time ever since we got the feral cat. Cool. Except that cats are dumb. But other than that, cool. <laughs> well, I don't. This is unusual for him, even with like he's normally not a lovey-dovey cat. So, are you rolling in your bolt? Okay, fine. Um, I'm I'm on a live stream. Stop it. So, yeah, I, t I talked about most of my stuff on uh, on Friday. I had a week of training. No, it wasn't a full week of training, but it was training on wargaming. And that's okay. right. We play war games at work, but we make war games and we make war games for the military. And war gaming for the military is different than war gaming in the real world, even if it looks the same, because they'll t they'll play actual, they'll play risk, axis and allies, you know, things like that. But when you're war gaming for the military, there's a lot more involved. In fact, the first rule is this is not for fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's to solve an issue. Cat, seriously, no. Um, it's to solve an issue. But uh, so I was in that training, and you guys can read all about the hijinks of that because uh, I, I, I mentioned some things in the Friday Chill stream that happened during that week um, that uh, may or may not be interesting to you. But uh, and then, yeah, I got some really good writing done this week. Oh, good. And uh, so, I mean, meaningful writing. Wasn't the most words I've ever written, but some meaningful writing. So I was really happy about that. And We'll be talking about some of it next week. Not exactly that, but since some of it's based on what we'll be talking about next week, you'll get to get hints of what's going on in Max's game. But uh, yeah, Friday Night Chill Stream, I thought it was, I had, had a lot of good topics and I've got some food for thought that I'm going to do, I'm going to bring to work on Monday. See how people at work, I had, so I told people that I have a YouTube channel on Monday, so we'll see how many of them watched it. <laughs> it was, it was, we were talking about security. So, you know, thanks to the asshat that put his, put secret info or classified information on his discord server we had to have all the security training over the last couple of weeks security training wouldn't have stopped it because he worked at intel he's probably had more security training than me that dumb fucker that that person knows that already knew not to put stuff on his discord server that was a that was an integrity issue you know but uh yeah so you know one of the things that was brought up just you know social media yeah i said yeah you know on, on how do I say this? Effectively, I said, I like the fact that none of you know I have a YouTube channel because it allows me to keep my professionalism and my uh, my personal life separate. But when you're talking security, shouldn't it be known that I have a YouTube channel in case I'm out there going, yeah, we're we're, we're bombing Antarctica tomorrow. It's gonna be great, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. I just got money from Putin today. Woohoo! Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. The you know, cash is check, baby. <laughs> It's like, thank you to all your donations, and to you, Vladimir, for the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, that but, program uh, your wife makes, excellent. Yes, <laughs> right? excellent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, so we were talking about that, and I was like, eh, you know, I, but, but I knew it was an important thing. So, but part of that was also, you know, the gap between the younger generation and the newer generation. And I'm actually going to talk to a couple of coworkers. I would like you there for one of them. If we can work this out, I'd like you there. Okay. Because I'm going to blindside you right now. Sure. I love it. So you know that when we played Dungeons and Dragons and so forth in the military, we didn't hide it, but we didn't blurt it out either. Right. Well, how did you handle your interest in anime? Like, did everybody in your office know that you watched a lot of anime and so forth? No. Okay. Was there a reason for that? Unless, unless someone specifically asked. I mean, was in, there in, in my shop, there was like, including the NCOs, like nine people 
average throughout the years I was there. And I only got to be friends with like work friends with five of them and real friends with two of them. Maybe one of them knew. What do you think would have happened if you were at work? And again, I'm just talking generalizations. On, on a generalized level, what do you think would have happened if you had come to work and you were have and you had uh, pink anime cups and you had anime girl splash screens and you had anime girl plushies all over your desk? I would have been incessantly made fun of until I cried. I would have been beaten where no where no people or cameras were around, and rightly so. This is why I want you on the show. Okay. Because you are an anime fan. It's easy for me to say that as somebody who doesn't like anime. I shouldn't, again, I, I gotta be careful. You know, it's, I'm not interested in anime. That's appreciate. The, there you go. There you go. Appreciate. Um, and there is a guy, he's younger, and everything that I said is what he, I, I think the term's weeb. Yeah. He's full on weeb. And without being too insulting and so forth, that's the type of conversation that I want to have. What, other than nerd culture being more, um, acceptable now that's an easy answer but how did we get to this point and is it good or is it bad who knows it is bad it's it's a it's bad discipline in the military you, the the reason you wear uniforms is apparent so everyone can can look the same so no one is immediately discriminated against because you have to accept these people if you don't accept them you can't function as a military unit because you're not going to trust anyone so you keep all your personal shit at home it's just a coffee mug. Yeah, but 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 it says, you know, I'm gay and I love it. Why why would you purposefully try and exclude yourself in someone else's eyes? That's stupid. That's absolutely so, stupid. We'll leave it there because this is the type of conversation that I would like to have. Okay. To, to to actually see where where did this go? Because you know I'm I agree with that. In fact, I know people who talk behind his back. At the same time, it's just like the real world. It's way more accepted now than it was then. You remember? I'm not going to mention the name, but there's somebody we know that was in our circle. I used to push him away from me because he talked really loudly and and from two inches from my face. Mm -hmm. I um, think you know who I'm talking about. I... Man, we'd go out in public, and he'd be like, "You remember when my orc did this thing, like, dude?" But nowadays, that's like, whatever, you know, wear, wear your pink weeb shirt, you know, hold on to your dice and shake them in your hand. And it's like advertising being a nerd. It's somewhere in society, in the military that changed. And and I'd like to have that conversation, the good and the bad of both sides. So uh, anyway, I'm going I'm to talk to them about that, see if they're if they're interested. And, you know, I'm guessing the answer is going to be no for the most Probably part, not. but we'll but we'll see. Because yeah. it's a, you know, very bringing your personal life into 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 a military work environment is is a direct attack against unit cohesion so yeah you done fucked up so but let's see who's in chat because uh like this i mean japan animation when i when it was uh yeah. when i it was a crap animation for me oh well oh i i i, I made them all angry with me like oh look at that crap animation yeah. oh look you at squeaky girl you didn't voice. appreciate anime at all nope until recently yeah um well yeah no that's true that that is true i, I uh, think when i when i made different. you watch that that uh, japanese propaganda video where all where all the children died <laughs> i think that's what you're like okay this this has merit it I was mean, before it was, it was before then it, it was oh, before okay. then oh, okay. but two things one obviously i'm married to a japanese woman yeah. who watches anime constantly 
But one of the big things about her anime is, is while I don't necessarily like it either, her anime is much different than most American anime. Sure. There are like two shows that I think you two have in common. Uh, was it Black Butler? And, mm. and there's one other. I, I forget what it is. But your anime reviews did help Inform, reinforce the idea that anime is nothing but Japanese uh, sitcoms. So yeah, and then um, and then yeah, I mean that one uh, is that Fireflies one. I don't want to say it, it really didn't add to my appreciation of it, but it was one of those that I, yeah, I was happy I watched it. So. Yeah, I mean it, it. I I I appreciate anime that has a good story, and that one has a horrible ending. It was freaking sad as hell. I mean, I had I had eye sweat, a little bit, a little bit eye sweat, but uh, yeah, it was still good. I got a cold at that time. I had to get the clean yeah, down here. Yeah, that was it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> See, it was a ten minute cold. I don't yeah, know what happened. Uh, Allergies yeah. kicked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something in my something in my eye got in my nose. It was weird. It happened. See now, uh, Sorted Online was okay. Actually, he introduced me to what was that other Log Horizon. I like that Horizon. one better. I like that yeah, one better. Uh, Log Horizon is better, but sword out online is now getting super weird it's it's i don't know about jump the shark weird but it's it's getting a little out there got weird after the first game my wife and i both had troubles with the whole daddy part like oh (laughs) but um the one that you showed me that that uh amalgamated sword art online whatever the hell that was called bridge Bridge. yeah yeah that's what you made parody after this live stream go look up the the uh sword art online abridged yeah. Look it on YouTube. There's like 30, 40 episodes around in between there. And uh it's it's it summarizes the first two series, but it makes it cooler. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think we, we're gonna have a long segment one today. And I want to say this before we get started. I'll probably say it during the, the, the segment also, but just so you guys know, segment one is gonna be long, but there's a reason for it. A couple reasons. Number one is going to be we're not coming back to it. When I cover Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, when I cover Mutant Mechatron, when I cover Mutant Elysium, we're skipping this section because the system is a, is the same across all four games. I will probably talk about the little nuances. Mechatron has just a small nuance difference, but that's more so in combat than in skill rolls. Uh, so we're going to do this in one shot. Also. As we talk through it, we do a lot of read-throughs, right? Well, I actually know how to play the user engine games. We're not learning it. We're not being exposed to it. We're not guessing, hoping that something doesn't come later that counter counteracts us. I know how to do this. So we're going to actually do some examples so that you can watch and see how the dice system is. Because there is one confusing aspect to it, at least, but the rest of it's pretty much rules light. So I think we do our proclivities and uh, jump on into it. All right, let's go. Uh, where are my proclivities? <laughs> oh, over there. I'll edit that so that the staff is right at the perfect time. Sweet. All right. Thank you to all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to the Legion of Myth community. I'm, apparently, I have to get rid of that word community. The Legion of Myth folkery. No. Personalities. Damn, I don't know. <laughs> That's a whole. We have tomfoolery. Oh, yeah, Legion of Tom. Oh, there you go. For, forget the community. We're just gonna do tomfoolery from now on. There you go. 
go. Uh, we have nearly 4,300 YouTube subscribers, and we are thankful for each and every one of you. Check the descriptions below for links to various Legionist sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. All right, uh, I will get this set up here. You look at that little screen. Skills. How to roll skill checks. This yes. is going to be. This is going to be an hour. How to roll skill checks. Oh, it's a long chapter. We're wow. also gonna we're also gonna talk about the skill because there are only well thirteen-ish <laughs> skills in the game. Uh and yes, I said that correctly. Okay. You know what? I want to put the roller over here because I'll probably bring that up once or twice. Although I'm gonna make Heathen Dog do most of the rolling for me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Oh, Heathen Dog doesn't know this, but I I no longer have to talk through the advertisements. I have a video for that. Well, show me. Oh, well, I, I will after we get started. Oh, okay. All right, for segment one today, we're going to talk about the skills of Mutant Year Zero and how to roll the skill checks. The skill system, this is a rules-light game to some degree. That Again, it depends on your definition of that. It's definitely less crunchy than modern D&D Pathfinder and so forth. De definitely less crunchy than, than Palladium. I mean, how many skills does one character have in Palladium? Oh, God, up to 18, 20. 20 yeah, something level. like, yeah. Uh, there are only 12 core skills in this game, and then your character will have one special skill after that. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And that covers everything your character could possibly want to do in this game. And it does work. It does work. I've run Forbidden Lands. I've run Mutant Year Zero. I've run, well, I've play tested, if you want to call it that, uh, Coriolis. It works in every environment, even though the rules are tweaked a little differently. But before we get into that, let us tell you about uh, Legion of Myth and what we enjoy and our merch and our, where's the video? There's the video. You're getting the long version this time. We believe that role playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right. There we go. Now I don't have to say that every week. And we have a short version, too. Peer from the dark. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can put a little thick there at the end. Well, you know what? No, seriously, I've been looking at our numbers. We are absolutely shadow banned. Okay. I, I can prove it in the... Well, okay, let me phrase it. I have evidence of it in the numbers, but... That's uh, 
Well, here, you know what? No, we're, okay, yeah, like scratch. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> so, here we go. We are going to talk about skills and how to roll them in Mutant Year Zero. So, is, let's find out if this is a clickable PDF. I forget. For mutant skills, it is not. It is an older PDF, though. Thank you. So, we go to page 42. Let's see how close to 42 it actually is. Boss man, grunt. It's not a grunt slave. All right, there we go, skills. All right, this is the generic... Uh, I don't like this. I'm already going to say that. I don't like how this starts. It says, role-playing is a conversation. I think I get what it is they're trying to say, but... Um, they needed more words. Well, yeah, it sounds too much like a back and, uh, back and forth where it's like you're trying to negotiate. There's no negotiation. You're... Maybe it is the right term, but anyway, I'm not going to get hung up on it. I'm just saying, like, the GM sets the scene, you describe what you do, the GM tells you how the NPCs react, then you respond, and so on, back and forth. I think just starting there would have been better. Yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a conversation, but whatever, yeah, moving on. The story grows one step at a time, but the world of Mutant Year Zero is a desperate place inhabited by desperate people. Sooner or later, things will come to a head, a point of no return, a conflict that cannot be settled by just talking it through. Although, it's got pretty good social conflict, I think it's called. Uh, it's time to bring out the dice and use one of your skills. All right, so how do we roll the dice? Well, first of all, I'm going to show them on the screen here. I do have the Mutant Year Zero specialty dice, but I have Heathen Dog here to prove you don't need specialty dice. And you want three different types of dice. For the sake of argument, I think that 13 dice is the best. You want five base dice, five skill dice, three gear dice. And we'll get into what all that means later. And you'll be set to play. Theoretically, you could have more skill dice than that. But yeah, after that point, it's kind of like, why, why does it matter? <laughs> you're rolling so many dice, you're going to succeed. So let's look at it. When you use a skill, first describe what your character does or says. Okay, it's role playing. Then grab a number of skill dice. Wait, you, there's one important ver uh, message here. You don't grab anything until the Game Master says grab them. Game Master calls all skill rolls? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, just describe what your character's doing, and if I say, you know what, that's, that's a skill check, or, or that's, a, that's a move check, that's a whatever, you might know the rules of the game, but maybe it's not appropriate for a skill check at that point. I'm saying you just succeed. We're just moving things on, whatever. Maybe it doesn't actually qualify as a skill because it's just mundane. Whatever it happens to be, but you guys know how that is. Um, grab a number of skill dice, which are the green ones. Okay? They don't have to be green. Your dice can vary. Like I was telling Heathen Dog, I've done it before where I use dots and numbers to separate the dice. You can separate them how you want. Just for this game and for the examples, we're going to stick with this. Skill dice are green. Number of base dice, which I think should be uh, changed to attribute dice, uh, would be yellow. And I showed you the yellow ones. And if you're using the right tool, you can also get gear dice, which are black or are those black? Well, I guess it's black on tan. Oh. And then roll them all together. So we'll explain this in a moment. But if you have an attribute of three and you have a skill rating of two and you have a gear rating of one, you're rolling six dice, three base dice, two skill dice, one gear die. There are three skills for each of the attributes. As you can see here, let me zoom in on that in case you can't. You have Endure, Force, and Fight. And Fight includes Melee and Unarmed Combat. And those are all based melee on your strength. Unarmed combat. 
You mean what is range it? combat? No, me- melee and unarmed. Melee is armed with swords. Oh well, okay, whatever. Uh, sneak, move, and agi- oh, sorry, and shoot, which are based on agility. Sure. Scout, comprehend, know the zone, which we'll get into a little bit later. Think of it as lore. Okay. Under your wits, which is the term for effectively intelligence in this game. And sense emotion, manipulate, and heal, which falls under an attribute known as empathy. It's kind of your charisma, but it's more... It's deeper than that. On the dice, this is where the specialty dice shine over normal dice. This is where things can get confusing for a first-time player without the specialty dice. I'm going to prove that partially wrong, but I understand it. This biohazard symbol, if you can see it, that's a one. That's, that's naughty times. You don't want that. This nuke symbol is a six. That's great times, because for whatever reason, nuclear power is good. Just go with it. Apparently, this game was made in the 50s. <laughs> well, it kind of has some 50s attitudes, yeah. So, if you roll, let me scroll up here. If you roll the symbol right here, that's an automatic success. You just need one. If you roll this symbol here, it's a one. What does that mean? Well, Nothing at first, but we'll get into when it does matter in a bit. If you don't have a skill. Okay, so we, we looked at these skills up here, right? Heathen Dog didn't take any skill in shoot. He has a zero in shoot because he decided he wanted to be a bookworm. Yep. He can still shoot a rifle. He can still shoot a sling. He just uses his agility by itself. No skill dice. What about gear? What if I have an exceptional weapon? You you add your gear dice in as well. Okay, okay. You just don't get the benefit of the shoot dice. Now, what what's the positive negative of that? Again, that's up to you to decide if you agree with me or not. For me, the positive is the skill dice. The ones can never mess with you on skill dice. On attribute and gear dice, again, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. The ones can mess with you. Uh, all right. The art of failure. This is something that I want to focus on because I think in some of the Let's Plays that I watched in the past, Game Masters forgot about this. If you roll no successes, something goes wrong. What does that mean to you, Heathen Dog? Well, initially it means I failed. To me, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's all that I think has to happen. That's not true. Except oh, no. for during fight, uh, combat. So you're not the GM's mercy. The only thing she can't say, oh, by the way, we've already talked about pronouns in this game, are he for players and she for game master, which is good for separation purposes. So uh, the only thing she can't say is nothing happens. Okay. Failure should always have consequences. Oh, for- I see what they did here. They're, they're making players push their roles. Yes. Yep. Shh, shh, don't. Don't go oh, there yet. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. No, but, but you're right. You're right. Um, failure should always have consequences. For each skill listed below, there are guidelines for what failure can mean, but the final decision is up to the GM. It could be that you suffer trauma. You shouldn't suffer trauma just for a fail. I kind of think uh, that might have been a bit excessive there. Yeah, that's L- lose... a little M- NPC mentality right there. Yeah, uh, well, especially since you do lose trauma when you push or suffer trauma when you push your role. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the risk reward of pushing the role, right? Lose something valuable, need to make a detour, or face a new threat of some kind. 
Sound too harsh? You have a final lifeline if you really want to avoid failing. You can push your roll. All right. So, do, 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 do. using normal dice. This is where it gets confusing. Again, it's not confusing, but it can be for a, uh, a new player. If you don't have access to the custom dice from Mutant Year Zero, you can use normal six-sided dice instead. Preferably of three different colors, three different styles, whatever. For base dice, count ones as the biohazard symbol and sixes as the nuke symbol. For skilled dice, count ones normally, but sixes as uh, the nuke symbol. And for gear dice, count ones as the fire symbol, which is gear breaking, and sixes as the nuke symbol. Why is this important? And I can't, I already can't remember if I said it on the stream or if I said it to Heathen Dog before the stream. So I'm going to say it possibly again. When you push your roll and only when you push your roll, do those ones matter? If you roll five ones on five dice, you failed. That's all that means. You failed. Doesn't matter how many symbols come up, you simply failed until you push your roll. Then those ones matter, as well as any ones you roll while pushing your roll. Okay? When you push a roll, and you get a one on a base die, what I like to call an attribute die, because I think it's a little more understandable, you actually hurt that attribute. Attribute? Attribute. Which means that you're rolling less dice until you're healed. There is a death spiral aspect to the game, which... Works well. Don't don't fear it. It works well. You so think of it this way: you can make yourself confused. You can get angry. You can you're trying to climb that that mountain, but you know it's digging into your skin, and you're oh, you're hanging on for dear life, and you pull your well, I don't want to say pull your arm out of your socket, but you you know you you pull a muscle, you tweak something, try to pick up that ladder, and you oh my back, ouch. That's what that represents. Gear dice. You're using an item. Remember, this is a post-apocalyptic world. Things are busted, broken, rusted up, so forth. You've got that sling, and you're like, ah, I missed. Well, I want to push my roll. I'm going to make it happen. Well, you take a point of gear damage. Through that extra oomph, that extra effort that you put out there, you bent it. Now it's not as accurate anymore. It still works. It still has a point into it, but it's just not as accurate. It's not as well anymore. You stretch the rubber band. Yeah, I'm calling it a rubber band. Whatever it happens to be, the leather strap now has a hole in it. You know, it just doesn't work quite as accurately or as good as far. Whatever. You can hurt it. How do you hurt an amorphous thing like a skill? Remembering that mental or intelligence is an attribute. You can hurt the attribute, not the skill. Well, you can't hurt a skill. It's just a concept. So that's why the ones don't affect skills. Just attributes and just gear. I okay. hope that makes sense. Crystal. All right, pushing your roll. Now, we've talked about that. If you are desperate to succeed, you can push your roll. That means you grab all the dice that didn't come up with a nuclear symbol, so a six or a one. Again, caveat skill dice. This is why this book the entire time is going to show the symbols because I don't think it wanted to put in parentheses every time, except skill dice, except skill dice, except skill dice. Um, if you're using the specialty dice, you just move away the ones that have the symbols on them. All sixes, because you're not re-rolling your successes, right? Sure. And you've got to keep those ones now because they're about to come back and bite you in the ding-ding. 
And it says here, if you're using normal dice, you push the base dice and gear dice that show through two through five and skill dice that show one through five. Usually you would only push a roll if you failed, although you can push a roll even if you did get a success. Maybe you want more successes. Maybe you need more successes, not because the Game Master said it, because everything's one success in this game, but if you don't kill that thing this round, you might not make it. If you don't knock it down, if you don't convince it to give you the item you need this round, things are about to go badly for you. So maybe that one success just isn't enough. All right. Um, yes, I don't know why this is here, because it makes sense, but whatever. If you push your roll, you must also push any gear disc. All the dice that you rolled that don't have a symbol on them are re-rolled. You can only push your roll once. You don't get to keep doing this. Stacking up damage or something. If you don't succeed on that second try, you are done. And you are going to suffer the consequences. Now, there are, I think, talents. And if you play Forbidden Lands, when we talk about that game, you could be a dwarf, which means you can do that more often. But the core rule is do it once. Now, we have not talked about mutations, and we're not going to talk about mutations until next week. When you push yourself this hard, there's a risk that you will exhaust yourself in the process, even to the point of breaking. Actually, at this point, I should have Heathen Dog roll his dice okay. before, we, before we get into this. So Heathen Dog... I want you to just, okay, you can have attribute value between two and four. Three. Okay, so write down that whatever attribute, whatever your skill you're rolling, the attribute is based on is three. Got and it. you can have a skill rating of one to three. Uh, two. Two, okay. And you can have a gear rating between one and two. Or of one and two. Uh, one. Okay, so you got six dice total. Yep. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, look, for the sake of argument, you know, it's, it's a role-playing game. Let's say you're shooting somebody. Using okay. that shoot thing. So your agility is a three, your shoot skill is a two, and you've got a firearm that's got a one. Go ahead and roll those dice and tell me how many sixes you got. Okay. Two sixes, no ones. Okay. At this point, the ones wouldn't matter anyway. But he got two sixes. What does that mean? Well, we'll have to get in that a little bit because I want to follow the order of the book. But it means he hit... And he's got a special function, which in this game is called a stunt, that can be added to it. The easy way of saying it is you did an extra point of damage. But maybe he wants something else instead. Maybe he wants to disarm the person. Maybe he wants to knock the person down. Maybe there's something else that want to shoot wants. him in the eye. No called shots like Damn. that. Like that. Um, that would be based on the successes that you got. Oh, all right. Um, or if you did a critical injury to him. And I, I think you need three successes to do a critical injury. We'll get to that point. Uh, anyway, the point is, is that extra success does count for him. In most situations, there will be some times when, look, man, you got a six. It doesn't matter after that. You know? But in most situations, that extra is there. Now, he didn't need to push his roll because he already got. Well, hang on, hang on. You, you said you need three to get a critical, right? I, th I think I, I don't. Um... Okay. Well, l let's say for some reason I need three successes. Okay. And I only got two. Okay. So I take these two sixes, put them aside. I have no ones. I have no explosions. I have no anything else. So I take the other four dice and I re-roll them. Yes. All right. I got no ones, but I also got no sixes. Then no change. No change. And I pushed it. Nothing yep. happened. Well... Let's start with this mutation. At this point, we're going to say no, nothing happened. 
long story short no nothing happened but uh at this point we're gonna say nothing happened when you push yourself this hard there's a risk that you exhaust yourself in the process even to the point of breaking can you please re-roll at least one of those die until you get a one or just flip it over to a one? Oh, look a one okay so one of those so you have two sixes for successes and you have a one is that on your base die or your gear die uh base die okay perfect that's exactly where i want it right now you have now taken one point of damage to that attribute since you were shooting shoot falls under agility you just took one point of agility damage it's called fatigue you took one point of fatigue okay so from now on until that point of fatigue is healed you are only rolling two dice instead of three copy that but what else comes with that? When you push a roll, you suffer one point of trauma. That's what the generic term for damage is in this game, because there are four types of damages. To the attribute used for every one that you rolled. All, okay, all bio symbols, so all base and gear dice, one count. Even the ones in your first roll. That's why you don't re-roll them. How trauma works, we'll recover from it, we'll explain later. But there's an upside too. Pushing yourself to the limit of your ability can release powerful muta mutant energies in your mind or body. When you push a roll, you also get one mutation point for every point of trauma suffered. So look at that. You suffered one point of trauma. You get one mutation point, which we'll dive into next week, how you can spend those. Starts the game. Let's say he started the session. He has one mut mutation. That means he has one mutation point to start the session if he's a brand new character. Well, now he has two mutation points. He can effectively use that mutant power twice in the session. The funny thing about this game, and it's true in Forbidden Lands as well, and I love it, is if you want to use your powers, you've got to be a masochist. <laughs> and if you think of the setting, it's, it somewhat makes sense. With, with all the rot and with all the just nasty that's in the... Remember, there's, there's this nuclear war. Of, you know, world isn't in a pretty place right now. So, and this is not a superhero game. You're a character that just has a mutation that gives you a bonus in certain situations. And you've got to power them. So there are multiple encouragements to push your role. A failure isn't just a failure, unless it's combat. I mean, the failure is the dude's still alive and can punch you back at full dice. And you get mutation points. So, you know what? Risk-reward, baby. It's not crazily difficult to get healed, either. So, before you cry about, oh my god, Despair, everybody's gonna die. If, if you stay in combat too long, yes. Outside of combat, it is fairly simple to heal. All right. And yes, in short, to connect with your mutant powers, you need to push so hard you risk hurting yourself. But if you do, you'll be able to command unstoppable powers. Well, I wouldn't say unstoppable. Describe the action. We'll skip that. Gear bonus. Gear bonus is the same thing. It's just your gear die. So if you have a, a knife and that adds plus one, you add a die to your roll. You add the gear die to the roll. Heathen Dog, you were using a rifle and you said it was plus one, right? Correct. Now, let's, let's flip that die over for whatever the gear die was and make that a one. Oh, God. You got, a, you got a little fire symbol now. Explosion. A little boom boom, right. What that means is that gear, not him, that item takes one point of damage. Well, guess what? It had a one, 
Now it has a zero. It's broke. It is broken. There are two aspects of it being broken. Number one, he can't use it anymore. So he's not shooting with that anymore. But it's not destroyed. If it takes any more damage, somebody targets it, he gets angry and snaps it across his knee, whatever, then it's destroyed. At this point, it's not destroyed. It is repairable. It will have to be repaired in order to be used again. It's no more gear bonus. It's, it's going to join all of the uh, putters from putt-putt golf stations in the garbage that I've used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. A more prevalent way uh, uh, is, let's say, Heathen Dog wasn't shooting with that skill roll. Let's say he was climbing, and he had a rope. He rolled his climb check. And, uh-oh. Heathen Dog, I want you to be the game master for a moment. Okay. I want you to rule on this, and let's see how well you do. You got those two successes, those two sixes, right? Yep. But we're now adding in that you got two ones. You had to push the roll, and sure. you got that one base, base die trauma, and you got the one gear, gear die damage. Sure. That rope had one gear die, and now it has zero gear dice. Okay. What is the result of that? Two successes, one attribute damage, one gear damage. Okay. So my attribute in this case, agility, goes mm -hmm. down from three to two. Mm -hmm. And my rope is now broken. That does not mean I automatically fall. I have finished the action I used the rope for, but a broken thing is I can't use it again, which exactly. means if I want to continue climbing, I'll have to free climb or get another rope. 100% correct. Heathen Dog's got it. And if Heathen Dog can get it, you can... Okay. <laughs> no, but that, that you're 100% right. That's exactly what happened there. That The broken rope effectively happened after the person climbed over the edge. Or it's frayed to the point where it's like, nobody can climb this anymore. Don't even try. You know, or, or you got halfway up, but it was at a stopping point because your action is completed. So you found a stopping point, a pause point, which means if the rope breaks, you're not going to fall because you're at a stopping point. And this is where I'm going to correct Heathen Dog, but it's based on ignorance. It's not based on that he's trying to be wrong. You only roll once. Oh, for any any event. Yep. There, now, there is no extended actions in this game. No, I, I don't want to say no definitively, but not that I can think of off the top of my head. What there are is now, it might take 10 minutes to make that climb. But it's still only one roll. It's still only one roll. Okay, okay, got it, got it. All right, I, I thought, you know, a climbing a, a rope would have been an extended action that no no problem you don't know the game that that's totally fine that's that's why i wanted to uh, put that out there right away but you were right on every other aspect of that okay so okay you can fix gear we're not going to talk about fixing gear um modification most instances you don't need modifications the game's already tough enough you don't need random modifications you know i think this is a little harder i think this is a little more difficult it's always a matter of one success is enough caveat to that being contested rolls we'll talk about in a bit but one success is enough so adding more dice or taking dice away you're kind of messing with the player with that said there are things that can come into play you're trying to shoot somebody in darkness okay that's obviously got to have a negative impact right sure uh there are so there are legitimate reasons to put it in there the point being though don't do it unless it's really necessary or really makes sense to this you know what i, I think that 
I just think that this should be harder than it is. Well, no, come on. Don't dick over the players like that. Now, modification of plus one means the player rolls an extra die. And it's, it's a, a skill, die. skill die. Exactly. Would you want to roll more dice if you knew that you could actually do more damage to your attribute than you have in points? Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> so, no, it's skill dice. Plus two means you roll two extra skill dice. Minus two means two fewer skill dice. Now, what do you do if you roll a minus two and you only have a one in the skill? I lose an attribute die as well? Yes. For that, for that singular roll. I want to verify that in the rules to make sure I'm right. Uh, yeah, it, base or gear. I, I would take it off base dice first. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds mean, but it just makes more sense to me. Yeah, the, the gun doesn't care that it's dark. Yeah. So why, why, would, why would it work less efficiently? So, and even right here, normally a GM doesn't assess how difficult an action is. Um, yeah, there are times cool. when you're going to have to. Now, there are people out there who like numbers. Here is your chance of success. For all, for all these numbers, for how many dice you roll. This is why I say that once you're rolling 13 dice and you get a modifier of plus two, does it really matter if you're rolling anymore? It does, because uh, right, right before this show, you rolled 13 <laughs> dice on the auto roller and that got is, zero successes. <laughs> that is true. And the one was in skill, so I was yeah, okay. One, and you rolled a one, but no sixes. Yep. So, yeah, it, it does matter. That, that 84% okay. is no joke. There's a 16% chance you're not going to make it. Well, this is only 10, but, but now that was 13 dice. Now, if you start adding in 14 and 15, again, your, your mileage may vary. I'm not saying it's a bad rule. I'm just saying at, at some point, I'm like, you know what? You got 13 dice. <laughs> if, you're gonna, if we're going to give you a plus two modifier, let's just roll forward and say you did it. Now, maybe you need to know how many successes the person got. That's then, a whole story. What's yeah. that? Uh, now, is there, is there any rule in this game for auto successes? Probably well, I mean, not because they're really pushing the fu mechanic of, of pushing. <laughs> I don't remember being written into the game of auto success. I think that's a GM call. So officially, no. From what I remember, I don't have the book okay. memorized. I just know how it plays. So, well, if uh, if number of successes doesn't matter, I if if you have a certain number of dice, I'll say you get an auto success just just because to keep things moving. Yeah, you know that's, stuff like that. Yeah, that's the way I say it too. So. Um, now, help from others. You can get help. I can help Heathen Dog. How can you help Heathen Dog shoot? Well, it has to make sense. And actually, there are abilities in the game. The Chronicler is one uh, is a role that actually gets an ability, if you take it, that can help people shoot. So, but let's use something a little bit more legitimate. So, Heathen Dog, you said you had a three agility, which is knocked down to two right now. What do you want to uh, between two and five, uh, four? Oh, you know what? Yeah, we'll say between two and four because I want to do something else later. Um, what's your strength? Uh, two. Okay, you're weakling. Got it. So he's got two in strength, but he's got to move something. He needs to move. There is a big. Uh, uh, the door from a, uh, of a jet aircraft is blocking where he's got to go, and he's got to move that out of his way. So if he's got a two strength, my guess is he took zero in the force skill. No, oh. I have four in the force skill. Nope. Three. No, you can no, only no. start with three. What's that? You can only why, start why with three. three. Why? Because that's the max starting is three. Well, who's who says I'm starting? Anyway, I got three. Fair. I studied. I studied proper form. And practice proper form very well. Okay. I just I just haven't actually gone to the gym yet. 
There you go. And it's perfectly doable in the game. And yes, theoretically, he absolutely could have a four in that after playing and raising the skills. Um, so if you want to say four, go with four. Now, are you using anything to help you move this? Or are you uh, just doing a brute force and, and form? No, no I'm, again, uh, strength isn't my thing. I'm a smarty pants. So I'm going to try and use a lever of some kind. Okay. Just well, pick I, up off the floor. I'm going to give you a 1d3 on this for the, for the, uh, so one. Well, you found a broken stick that, that'll help give you a little leverage, but that's all around you right now. That's all you can get around you right now. So, so get one die for gear or no? Yeah, one die. One die one for die. gear. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. So go ahead. And now, but before you roll, I'm going to help you. Okay. Now, the only way this works is if my rolls are lower than yours. Otherwise, I make weird, but Okay. Well, because uh, otherwise, I'm the one actually doing the work and you're the helper. The person with the best role is the one you select to do the work. The helper okay. is the, are the ones. So, so we'll say that uh, that I have a two strength also, but I have no, nothing in force. Okay. And, so, and you couldn't find a stick. And I couldn't find a stick to help him, right? So for every person helping you, you get a plus one modification. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not the way the other game's done. My bad. My bad. See, I got year zero has some nuances between the games. This one you don't have to roll. So uh, I just give him a plus one. So you get plus one skill dice. So you're up to five skill dice now. All right. Four for your for your own. And go Got ahead it. and roll. And I apologize for that mistake. Again, I, I'm reading a whole bunch of different uh free league books. All right. Six. Six. One in base die. Uh oh. <laughs> and fives and threes. All right, so he got two successes. That means he moved it, and he gets a stunt. I know what the stunts are for this, too. He could throw that at somebody right now yeah. and, and do one point of damage to him. So if there's an enemy near you while you're doing this, you could actually throw it at him. Ah. Or you could just be like, you were really cool when you did it. Body tweaked his back. <laughs> oh, God. I, wait, I didn't push anything. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You, yeah, good call. Good call. Yes, there you're you right. Go. You, you I, succeed. You got two successes. No failures. Because actually, that one... I, I got I got a one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I got two so plus a success from you. That's three, right? No, no, oh, no. It's I just one, just one die. Not, not okay, okay, yeah, two successes. One of these is from you because it's it, I both my successes were in my skill dice. Okay, so, so but the point is, and good correction that you had there is he got two successes. The one does not matter. It only matters when you push the roll. Now. He took that thing, his little 98-pound weakling form, but you know what? He had the form, and he used that lever. He used his knowledge. Exactly. And that he pulls down that lever, and he pulls it this way, and it falls. It doesn't fall on anybody, and now you guys can get into the passageway. Well, you, you said with the, with the extra success, I could stunt this thing. I, I want to okay. maneuver the falling giant door onto an onrushing enemy. If it's within the proper range, yes, you could do that for, for one point. You do, okay, do you do one damage. point of damage to an enemy that's chasing you, that's about ready to grab you, and you're like, bam! He's like, ah! And you do it one point of damage to him. Bounced off his face. That's cool. Okay. Yes. Uh, you cannot... Right. What's that? Mr. Atlas. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so one of the things that I, I'm going to stop before I go on here that I want to express about this game, the simulationists cry about it. I sometimes have a problem with it. I've had a problem with it as I'm writing my own game using the SRD and OGL of Free League. A two strength does not inherently mean 
that you are the weakest person on the planet or the smallest person on the planet. A two strength is just a representation of how well you use that strength. Now you can say, well, that's what the skill is. You, you make a point, yes. But when attributes range from two to four, a five can happen in, in your key attribute, but from two to four, does it matter if that four or five comes in the form of a mutation, cybernetics, or just your Arnold Schwarzenegger? It doesn't. Because what you're going to start doing is you start saying, how does a robot, when we start talking about Mutant Mechatron, how does a robot with five strength not just, how is that robot not with a 12 strength? How, you, how do you not make robots stronger than people? And I can't argue that other than to say that these are just abstract representations. Right. And the, the, the example I made uh, goes pretty far in that. I have, uh, I have a two in strength, but a three in force mm -hmm. together that's a five that means i am more effective than someone with a four strength but no skill in force i have an extra die does that mean i'm stronger no what it means is that i can use what strength i have much more effectively to get the job done yes gotta remind people to subscribe yeah Okay, moving on to uh, specialist skills. We talked a little bit about specialist skills last week, or we showed them. Uh, when you pick a role, you get a specialist skill. And only that role can have that specialist skill. And you cannot get help when using your specialist skill. Even from another specialist, if that's the same? Yes. Oh. Well, first of all, if you're, you're not supposed to have duplication of that. The game actually says people shouldn't be the same roles. Okay. It's, it's to give you your specialist. The theory also is behind that, that even if somebody else in the arc won't have the same specialist skill as you, everybody's supposed to be a bit unique. Uh, how, you, how you play that out in your own game is your own business. Gotta be your own little snowflake. Well, yeah, I mean, it gives you the one thing that you can do different. Also, when we look over specialist skills later on, you're going to see that specialist skills are really just tweaks to the current skills you're going to specialize kind of in one of those skills and we'll okay. talk about that in a bit conflicts if you help someone in a conflict you lose your own action in that term conflict is a game term here basically if you're in combat and i'm helping heathen dog do something in combat i don't get to make my attack i i can't help him make his attack and also make my attack okay um where am i here uh, chroniclers have a special skill to inspire i mentioned that before which can be used also. NPCs can help each other in the same way. And yeah, it, that's, you know what? Actually, I want to read that. Where is it? Uh, letting NPCs act in groups rather than individuals is often a useful way to handle a large number of NPCs in conflicts. Instead of rolling for 50 people trying to do something, okay, that's probably too many anyway, but instead of rolling for eight people trying to do something, how about roll for two people trying to do something and just boost up the dice? But then they'll automatically hit. Maybe, but would you rather have eight people well, hitting you or would you rather have two people hitting you? Exactly, right? I mean, come on, th think of it this way. From, from the total number of dice attacking you, let's say they all have two, two, and one. They all have strength of two, uh, attack of two, and some kind of brass knuckle thing of one. So that's going to be five dice. You want 40 dice after you or do you want uh, two people, let's say that's five dice, and then they get a plus six more dice. So that is 11 dice. 
and with two people attacking, that's 22 dice total. 40 dice total or 22 dice total? 40 dice total can just straight up murder you. Just straight up murder you in, in one round. That 22 can do the same thing, but it'll be a lot harder. Yeah. Now, uh, we're opposed to all uh, Okay, simultaneous actions. If you and the other PC can, uh, sorry, you and the other PC cannot help each other when you're acting simultaneously. That is performing the same action side by side. Examples are struggling your way through a fierce snowstorm. Again, there's a caveat to that, but yeah. Or sneaking up on a group of zone ghouls. In this case, you all roll separate rolls. If clunky man over there wearing armor is following you, ninja dude, your roll is probably going to be better than clunky man, right? Sure. If you roll several uh, successes and get stunts, some skills let you use them to help a friend. That is true. And we'll look at those later. Opposed rolls. Sometimes it's not enough to roll successes. Sometimes Heathen Dog and I are arm wrestling. Him with his strength of two, but his, his force of three or four. Me with my strength of four, but I only have a force of two because you know what? I'm not an arm wrestler. All of a sudden, we're, we're on equal terms here. Yep. People are laughing like, ah, <laughs> Heathen Dog trying to arm wrestle. My and, technique uh, is on point, bitch. Yeah, but, but he's got that technique over the top, baby. <laughs> yep. know, so, uh, but every success rolled by you negates a success of the opponents and vice versa. So what if, okay, now, since there aren't any extended actions in this, what happens if nobody nets a success in the role? Uh, I know what I do, but let me see here. Well, first of all, only the aggressor, which is typically the player character, can push the role. So if you and I are, going, are doing this and I'm the uh, game master, you can push your role, I can't. There is a caveat to that. If for whatever reason, I'm the one trying to do something. Let's say we're both trying to push each other off a cliff. It's it's Star Trek 3. I have had enough of you, right? Ah, okay. Okay, and we're both trying to throw each other over the cliff. I'm the game master. You're the player. Let's arbitrarily say that uh, we, do, we do tie. Just for a moment, we do tie. You can push your role, I can't. But what if I decide not to? Well, let's uh, see what it says here, because uh, okay. I want I want to make sure I'm not lying. Because, uh, like I said, I know how I handle it. Oh, I'm not even seeing it here. Well, yeah, at least the, as of the, right the there, it doesn't be tell. something about tying in a in a in this instance for opposed roles. Uh, in case of separate roles, if you want to help someone, can't perform the action itself. Uh, don't need a reveal. Sometimes it's not enough to roll. When opposed role. Where your opponent does I could have sworn there was something in here. I just read something about maybe it was an alien or something. Because again, I'm reading a whole bunch of free league games right now for various reasons. Uh, force versus force will resolve an arm wrestle. It, do, it doesn't even mention the uh, the possibility it could happen, which is strange to me. That is strange. Maybe maybe it does in the combat section. But for now, uh, we're gonna stick with this. I'll tell you how I do it. Uh, if you do that, first of all, I push your roll. You get that. I don't. I, I have it continue on. I have that become an extended action. Okay. I think what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to resolve it right then and there. But I like the tension that it builds being uh, an extended action. That's a personal preference. If we see later that there's a rule for it, we will obviously talk about that. So. All right. 
endure. Now, we are going to talk about the skills. We are not going to read every single one in depth, but we are going to talk about each one because they're important, because there are only 12 core skills to the game, three of each. So what does endure mean? Endure is, well, it's your endurance. It's anything that comes up in endurance. In old D&D terms, this is your saving throw. This is your constitution check. This is your poisoned roll endure. Anything to do with survivability is endure. Now, what happens if you fail? Remember, this isn't a critical failure. This just means you got no successes, right? Sure. You just can't take it anymore. You have to rest if just for a couple of hours. But what if some predator spots you? And that's put in for game masters to say, hey, there's this got is the to consequence of failure. Right. Success. You managed to push on. Makes sense. I mean, that's what the whole point was, right? Continue on, my wayward son. Stunt for every extra success you roll, you can help a friend. So sometimes, as we read before, you can help your friend. So Heathen yep. Dog, we're both trying to get through this, this blizzard that's hitting us, and we just need to make it to us, the safety uh, ahead. He's already made the roll. Well, he can donate his success to me. Mm, nah, because if, if you die, I'll have more food. Or he could do that. Oh, uh, you have to take a certain mutation to do that. But yes, if you what, have that mutation. What, dick? <laughs> no, uh, the ability to eat raw meat. No, no, whatever food you have in your backpack will not be mine when you're dead. Oh, fair, fair. And this or, game is... Or if, if you can't go on anymore, I can take your backpack and just walk away, and you can't do anything about it. Except sit there and cry. Unless you're encumbered. If that encumbers you, you're making this endure roll. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, um, but anyway, and I'm not saying that he's wrong on any of that. What I'm saying is you usually want your friends to survive. But, hey, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, force. We already did a force roll. It's it's using your strength. Again, let's use D&D terms for a minute. It's your Ben Bars lift gates. Mm -hmm. It's your uh what what's the other one? Ben Bars lift gates. Um I forget the other role. Your feet of strength and your extraordinary whatever of strength that the Hyperborea had. If you fail, it's just too heavy. You need to find another way. I I don't know if I skipped it in the discussion here, but that's another thing. There's you only have one chance, remember, right? One mm -hmm. chance. You can roll and push your roll, that's all considered part of the same one chance. If you fail, you don't get to try again. If, if Heathen Dog had failed that roll to move that jet airliner door that was blocking the path, he cannot try again. Unless he finds a new method. There has to be a distinctly different way to try again. Once you do that, then you can try again. So now maybe he's like, you know what? He went... Uh, Let's let's add in the rope. Let's um, let's do it from a different angle. I mean, it's got to be something that takes. Well, no, it's something significantly different. Yeah. A different angle wouldn't do it, but yeah, the fair rope enough. thing would. If I had a functioning rope, I could tie a rope to the handle and pull it instead of instead of using a stick to to lever mm -hmm. it. That that would be significantly different. If I took you and threw you into the door to try and knock it down, that would be significantly different yeah. than a lever. You'd have to make two strength checks, but yeah. <laughs> well, unless they say, trust me, and you go, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, fair. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, that was stupid, but this now happens for free. <laughs> um, just so you know, the, the different angle thing that I was thinking about was I was envisioning getting help. Oh, that'll work. Yeah, that is significantly different. Yeah. But anyway, you but it does have to be different. You can't just be like, well, I failed the climb check. Well, uh, you know, I fell, whatever. Let me just try again. No, it is not going to work. Now, with success, with a groan, you push through. Let's look at these stunts. 
So remember, he had one extra success, right? You push or throw the object with great force. One target of your choice within arm's length, so essentially melee combat, suffers damage equal to the number of extra successes. And that's what he chose to do. We pretended that there was a creature there, whatever. If applicable to the situation, you find or reveal a hidden passage or object. The uh, GM decides what this is. This is weird to me because Free League is a game that comes out and says in big, bold letters, if there's something behind, you don't roll a spot check or whatever, a, a sneak, not sneak, uh, um, scout check to find a hidden passage. If you move the shit, oops, sorry, if you move the stuff and there's a passageway there, you have found it. So I don't know why this one's in here unless it's a place where the game master can add something for the characters. Like, oh, you know what? You found three bullets. Yeah, but this seems a little weird. The reason being is because the, the stunts are decided by the player, right? Who who would decide to reveal a hidden passage if he didn't know there was a hidden passage there? Why stunts would you choose this as your stunt? Stunts are not decided by the players. Oh. Stunts, stunts are suggested by the players. Oh, okay. It well, it, it says the player chooses one of these stunts. Game well, master no, it doesn't say the player. It just says choose one of these stunts. I think it I think it means the player in this context. It leans towards the player. Yes. I'm not I'm not gonna disagree with that. But I can't remember where it is, but there is in here in one of the things it's before this where it does talk about the game master does have the final say. Okay. Because some things just don't make sense. But if you were to say that, if you, if you heathen dog were to do that stunt or do that force roll and have this stunt and say, hey, I have now found something. Let's say you say it's a passage. I might say, no, it's not a passage. But because you did pick that as a stunt, you find two, two grub. That's food in this game. Oh. Believe me, you're happy about two grub. <laughs> That's important. Um, or, or something, or three bullets, like I said before. Because bullets are both bullets and currency. So you found three dollars. I would I would do something like that. I wouldn't screw the player over, but I also wouldn't change the landscape of the of the setting for. It. Now, okay. if it doesn't hurt me to have a passage there, maybe you're looking for a place to sleep. Like, oh my god, we're stuck out here. It's, it's you know, the red wave is coming in. We need to hide. Okay. My tauntaun's you know. cold. I need somewhere else. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Then why not? Don't screw the players over. In fact, the Game Master session uh, section talks about it. It's like, look, this game's deadly enough. You don't have to screw over the players. Fight. Okay, we know what that is. That's fighting. It's both melee and unarmed combat. Um, failure, stumble and miss. Now it's your opponent's turn. There's really no drawback on this one because the fact that the opponent's still standing uninjured is pretty much its own drawback. Success, you hit and inflict weapon damage, which we'll talk about in combat in a couple weeks. And the stunts for every extra roll. You get to choose one of the following. Now, there are lots of things, and you are not stuck to this list. If you can think of something cool that isn't game-breaking, there's no reason the Game Master can't give it to you. But you inflict more points of damage. This is the one that most people do. You can choose this stunt multiple times. That's another thing. You can usually only choose stunts once. So if you got four extra successes, usually you, can only, you have to choose four different things. But in this case, you can choose it multiple times. And it's often a good thing to do when yeah, people are wearing because, armor it not only damages your opponent it also significantly weakens their counterattack. yes because you're taking away dice from them for the rest of the combat well it also negates armor 
Oh, and negates armor. Okay. Because when more successes you have, the more successes he has to get on an armor roll. Sure. That's another thing about user engine games. There's two different types of armor. I'm going with what the book says for this one. One one version of user engine is it just reduces damage. This one is a roll. And you'll you can kind of tell the difference. If you have an armor rating of nine, it's probably a roll. <laughs> if you have an armor rating of two and like alien and, and Coriolis, I think, then it's probably a direct redu reduction. Okay. All right. So you can subdue or tire your enemy. Instead of okay, he will suffer the damage that the weapon does. So let's say your rifle does two points of damage and you shot him. You're sure. still gonna take two points of damage, but you got those extra successes. You can give him one point of fatigue. That takes a point off his agility. Why is that important? Well, he was trying to shoot you too. Yeah. So now he's got now he's got two uh, two two generic trauma damage. I don't know how that works. Is it to strength? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a rifle will do damage to the word damage always goes to strength. Okay. Okay. So trauma generic is the trauma. generic term. Yeah. Generic trauma will end up being strength damage. He'll take two strength damage and one agility damage because of fatigue. Yes. Okay. Here's another one. You can increase your initiative score by two. Now, this game, when we talk about combat, you only roll initiative once. Doug knows how much I love that. Yeah. But that's what the game does. You only roll your initiative once at the beginning of combat, and you're rolling a D6. That's two points you added to your initiative. That's, that's impressive. Yes. You knock or pull a weapon or other object from your opponent. You choose which. Uh, during conflict, picking up a dropped object counts as a maneuver and we will talk about maneuvers and actions when we get to combat section your opponent falls to the ground or is pushed back uh oh you pushed him off a cliff woohoo you hold this is i've had enough of you right yep i have had enough of you you did your damage but your stunt threw the klingon off the cliff You hold your opponent in a grapple. He needs to successfully fight you to break free and can't perform any other action or maneuver until he's done so or until you're broken or let him go. There's more to it than that, but essentially you've now held him in place for either other people to do stuff to him or for you to talk to him or for whatever. But you're holding on to him. Understood. All right. Um, we're not going to go into defense. We'll talk about that when... Get into combat. Yeah. We, oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did I miss something here? Uh, oh, sneak. Sneak is what it says. But sneak is a little more interesting. I have to, I'm going to have to read this just to verify that it's the same in this one as it is in the other one. So use a skill when you try to move without being noticed or... Yep, I think attempt to sneak attack. Okay, ooh, it didn't include the other ones. Okay, then I'm not going to say it. So use your sneak score against a scout roll for your enemy. So what this is, is uh, this is an opposed roll. If you're scouting or the enemy's scouting, it's scout versus your sneak. If you fail, the enemy sees or hears you, and the element of surprise is lost. That is not a critical. That's just, I didn't succeed. Yeah, but that's exactly the same as you just walk up to the guy. You know, like, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Success. You move like shadow in the night. No one noticed. Stunt. When setting up a sneak attack, you get an extra minus one to your first attack for every extra success rolled after the first. Wait, what? Why would it be a minus one? In setting up a sneak attack, you get a minus one modification to your first attack. Should there be a plus one? Yes. Unless there's something I'm missing out of combat. I've never noticed that before. It's always been a plus one. If you know why that's a minus one typo or 
I'm not remembering a rule correctly. Go ahead and post it in the chat. Move. All right. Move is important. This is your agility check to see if you can go across, you know, tight way or, or whatever. But the important one is for escaping combat. You make a move roll to get out of combat. You can read the text there for the other uses of it, but that's the important one. Oh, crap. This dude's going to beat my ass. I need to get out of here. You have to make a move roll, a successful move roll, in order to make that happen. And extra, um, uh, you can help a friend. Okay. Acrobatics. You can also use the move skill in balancing. Yeah, that's anything that's to do with balance, agility, whatever. Shoot. I think we know what shooting is, right? Yep. Know how to shoot. Again, failure shot misses the target. Maybe it hits something else. And the sound of gunfire could be unwelcome attention. Again, those are notes for the game master to think things through as to what did that failure cause. Success, you hit. And of course, we got the stunts for what you Reloading scrap guns. Yes, that's... Remember, guns in this game are not uh, awesome. Are usually loaded with just one bullet at a time. When you have fired it, you'll need to reload before you can fire again. Reloading is a maneuver in conflicts. Some scrap guns and artifacts have magazines with several bullets, letting you fire again and again. Those are more artifacts. I will tell you this, when I first started messing around with this game, I said, like, why would anybody ever have a gun? Well, there are reasons. First of all, you can shoot at range. Uh, shooting at range is still a benefit. <laughs> okay, No matter what, it's still a benefit. But bullets are your money, and bullets have reload. However, if you've got somebody who is an up uh, upfront fighter, have, uh, having somebody in the back with a gun is very beneficial. Actually, for for me playing this game, I think I would play it like I was a, um, like a seventeen hundreds officer where they had maybe you know they had their sidearm, they they do a shot and then they close in with their sword. Sure, I would probably do, do it like that. I don't know if you watched the video from last week with the rolls. You'd have to find a roll that would accommodate. I mean, technically speaking, any roll can accommodate that, especially over time, is you can put points into raising your attributes. Mm -hmm. But you just want to develop your character that way to do that. But yeah, you absolutely could do that. And it might not be a bad idea because you just wasted a dollar. And when I say a dollar, it's more like, let's say you just wasted a hundred dollars. Boom. <laughs> now, uh, with that one shot now uh, a maneuver is a fast action okay you have actions and maneuvers maneuvers are fast actions all this is saying is you and you get one you can have two fast actions or sorry you can have two maneuvers or one maneuver and one action per round okay so really as long as you don't move you can reload your weapon and shoot again so all right let's uh scouting it's a wits roll it's, uh, so wits in this game is kind of like perception is in Earth Dawn. It's not just your intelligence. It's your ability to understand what you see. It's your ability to rationalize also. So if you fail uh, a scout roll, you can't really make out what it is or you mistake it for something else. The GM feeds you false information. I highly suggest you have scout rolls rolled blindly. I don't like to roll for the players because I think that they deserve the opportunity to roll their own dice, but it should be a blind roll. Just, uh, yeah, uh, here we go. Don't roll to spot hidden things. Don't roll for scout when searching for hidden objects close to you, such as secret doors or hidden clues. If you describe something in the right place, the GM should simply let you find whatever is there. No dice rolls needed. You didn't see the door right in front of you where you were looking. <laughs> and, and the purpose of that is that this is a more narrative-driven game. 
And if you're doing the right things, you shouldn't be punished for it just because the dice went against you. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so guns are not as useful in this game. Um, well, it's post-apocalyptic. I wouldn't say they're not useful. They're very useful. You just want to use them judiciously. Uh, you're able to make out what it is. Okay. Stunts. Is it coming for me? You can, uh, so here we go. For every extra success you roll, you get to know the answer to one of these questions. Is it coming for me? Doesn't look like it. Are there more of them close by? Looks like there are a couple more close by. And how the heck do I get away? Run the other direction. <laughs> I oversimplified those answers, but you get what uh, I was saying there. It's not supposed to spoil everything for you, give you all the perfect tactics to win, but it definitely is meaningful. Like, guys, they're coming for us. All right, we got to go. Or, hey, they're coming for us. Let's ambush them. Comprehend. World after the apocalypse is a strange, incomprehensible place for most mutants. Roll comprehend when you want to read an old text, know what a particular ruin was used for, or understand and use an artifact whose development level is higher than the arcs. We'll get into that when we talk about the arc. But if, basically, you have just brought in some esoteric knowledge that nobody there knows how to figure out. So you're kind of guessing. You're doing some trial and error. You're field testing, so to speak. Can you figure it out? If you fail, the object of your study makes no sense to you at all, or you are mistaken. This is a tube, and what you're supposed to do is treat it like a blowgun. Boom! Obviously, again, I'm being hyperbolic on that, but yes. the point that I'm making there is, no, you don't understand it. Success. You understand the nature or function of the object. If it's an artifact, you can actually use it. And stunts. For every roll beyond the first, you can teach someone else how to use the artifact. This is one that I've seen cause arguments. Okay, heathen dog. Here's the gun. It's lever action, and you pull the trigger. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Look. It's really easy for us who are exposed to things like that to go... Um, that's dumb that I can't figure out how to use it when I watch somebody else do it. But there are a lot of other factors to it. Maybe he can aim it, pull the trigger. Maybe he doesn't pull the lever action far enough so the bullet gets jammed. Maybe or, he aims it. Or, or he, he doesn't put the stock on his shoulder correctly and it dislocates his shoulder or it throws off his shot or, <laughs> or it, it makes him, it, it makes the gun just fly out of his hand. Everyone's seen that YouTube video. <laughs> right? Exactly. The point of this is to make chroniclers and other roles that are intelligence-based be useful. The other point of it is to remind you that this is a world where a five intelligence doesn't necessarily mean Einstein. A five intelligence might simply mean you can read four-letter words. It's abstract, remember? Survival is more important than, uh, than anything else. Know the zone. This one is uh, when you go into a new area or if something is happening around you, when you encounter some creature or phenomenon in the zone and want to know stuff about it because everything is different. That there are no, well, there are probably, actually there are dogs. Specifically in this game, there are dogs. But if you see a dog with two horns coming out of its head, what is that? Can it breathe fire? Is it going to jump 300 feet? Is it going to suck your soul out through a straw? Probably, roll, yeah. what's, <laughs> roll know the zone and you'll start getting some of those answers and it doesn't just have to be about creatures it can be about stuff you see a green haze uh, what you see a ruins you roll 
oh, that was a Planet Fitness. <laughs> yeah, it, and, <laughs> and it absolutely could have been a Planet Fitness. There you go. And all those things in there, if any still work, would be considered artifacts. Do you know how to use that treadmill? Well, what are you rolling to figure that out, Heathen Dog? Uh, that would be the uh, Comprehend. Yep. yep. So you rolled Know the Zone to know that it was a Planet Fitness, but uh, he had to roll Comprehend to run on the treadmill without smacking his face on the floor. Yeah, we've seen that YouTube video as well. <laughs> right. Um, two questions you can ask. Uh, how can it hurt me? How can I hurt it? You can ask more. Uh, sometimes it says you get an answer to one of these questions. Look, players and game masters work together to do what's reasonable. Game masters have to be careful not to spill the entire adventure. Players have to understand that they're not going to get the entire adventure spilled to them. But if you make these roles, because your character is going to know more about this post-apocalyptic world than you are, you should get some sort of benefit for it. If you make the role. Sure. Sense emotion. We're in the last attribute now. Or, yeah, uh, empathy. Sense emotion. This is how you know who you're talking to, and if somebody is trying to lie to you. If you uh, failure, you fail the read, or, or you misread the NPC. The GM can feed you false information. Success, the GM must reveal the NPC's most powerful emotion at this point in time. Now, why does that sound important? Who cares if the dude's pissed? I know he's pissed because I'm making him give me all his stuff. Yeah, and he's crying, and he's got spittle, and all that stuff. He's He's shaking with rage. Impotent rage because, you know, I win because I win. Why do when I need to know he's he's angry? You probably want to know the difference of whether he's angry or scared. Nah, I'll shoot him. I, you, uh, does this have the cold-blooded talent? I know Forbidden Lands does. I can't remember if Mutant Year has the cold-blooded talent. Because you can't do that otherwise. <laughs> what? You actually have to have a talent to kill somebody in cold blood. In Forbidden Lands, I can't... my agency away! Yep. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I don't think Meet New Zero actually has that. Though. Uh, anyway, the reason it matters is because it's going to help determine if the person might be coming after you immediately or later. It might help determine if the person's putting up an act. And for stunts, is he telling the truth? Does he want to hurt me? He's angry, but he doesn't want to hurt you. You you outnumber him. You're bigger than him. Whatever. He's angry and he wants to hurt you. Now he's somebody you might have to deal with later. Put down right now. Does he want something from me? Yeah. It could be like, you know what? You treated him like crap. All he wants is a, is a bullet. <laughs> Strangers, if, if the NPCs are not people you get, I'm sorry, are not of the people, basically, if they're not from your arc, it's a minus one to the role. Strangers are harder to read. I always thought this was a weird one, and I always forget about this one. Well, the, it's not it's not that weird because in a post post apocalyptic world, you You're know right. the the distance between arcs is all but insurmountable in someone's lifetime for most cases. So arcs? they're going to have different cultures in in different segregated groups. What there are other arcs? Holy crap! There are well, other arcs. We can go find. No, I get what you're saying. No, it no, has no. it right there. <laughs> Does. If the NPC is not of the people, you get a minus one modification roll. If they're not of the people, they're not from my arc. That means there are people ah. other places. There are people other places, but are there other arcs? And I don't want to spoil that because we'll be talking about that later. Unless you have a one in your wits, you got to think if there's people other places, there can be arcs other places too. You think? Manipulate. This is how you actually get stuff from people. 
This is everything from haggle to lie to con to please give me. And there are some very poignant rules. I think that the Year Zero engine has the absolute best rules for social conflict of any game I have ever read. They are meaningful without being so overboard and nuanced that you're like, oh my God. And one of the things that it always says is nobody's going to give you something for free. It has to be a negotiation. Mm. Uh, there are, again, caveats to every. But, generally speaking, if you want the Orb of Doom, okay, I made this a fantasy game for some reason, but we're going to go with it. If you want the Orb of Doom, you've got to offer something in return. And just saying, well, we'll spare you, spare you your life isn't usually the right answer. <laughs> you can try it. And sometimes it might work. But I will trade you the orb of doom for a half a pack of cigarettes. And if that's worth it for him, that yeah. could give you a good modifier. I can make it worth it for him because I'm going to convince him that these cigarettes, when used, make him look so cool that, that he will get any woman that he ever wanted. He'll take them. Mutant women, I don't know. But, but yeah, hey, you, you, you could what? absolutely do that. Yes. Failure. He won't listen and he won't do what you want. He might start to dislike you or even attack you if provoked. Come on, man. I offered you the best deal ever. Look, in a post-apocalyptic society, some people don't always have rational thought. And I don't care how cool you think I'm going to be with that pack of cigarettes. It's not worth my precious orb of doom. But it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. Right. I talked to it. It's mine. You can't have it, even for a half a oh, pack no. of cigarettes. No, 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 no. He, he wants to trade the Orb of Doom for $1. Wait, an actual greenback dollar? No, no, one bullet. Oh, maybe. Again. I'll, I'll give him the bullet at high speed, and then, and then I'll <laughs> take the Orb of Doom. <laughs> uh, theoretically possible, yes. Hopefully, he, you know, hopefully he's alone. But, uh, you know, we'll see. The, the, the point is, and we're not getting into social conflict here, so I probably shouldn't have dove that deeply into it, but manipulation is the role you make to do that. Uh, success, he reluctantly does what you want, but he wants something in return. The, D the GM decides what this is, but it must be something you can reasonably do. It's up to you whether you accept the deal or not. So he's going to counteroffer you. With a success, he is going to counteroffer you. But it has to be something that you have a reasonable chance of success for because you did succeed which means his his price is not going to be way oversold. Right. His price is going to be something that you can do. Now it is going to be reasonable though. So let's let's think about this for a second. You you want to move into his arc. Let's okay. just say there's other arcs out there and you want to move into it and kick him out. That's going to be a hard sell no matter what, right? Cuz that's his only home. Uh First of all, there may be a lot of modifiers to that. He's going to need something. Get me a motorcycle. I've seen, I, I saw one once when I was a kid. Get me a motorcycle and I'll leave. That, in that case, could be reasonable. Motorcycle, how the hell are we? I've heard of them. Somebody has a putt-putt somewhere. How are we supposed to do this? But again, it's got to be related to what you're offering or what you need in return. For, hey, look, man, we just want some grub and some water. You know what? That half a pack of cigarettes might be more than enough for that. It has to be reasonable. And this is why I like how this is written into the game like this. So you can't trade a half a pack of cigarettes for an arc. That's not reasonable no matter how many times you want to sit there and rationalize it. But I made my die roll. No matter how many times you rationalize it, it is not reasonable. Okay? 
stunts. Extra successes in your role means you sow fear and doubt into your opponent's heart. He suffers one point of doubt. Doubt is empathy damage. Okay. For every additional... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. For every additional success you roll after the first one, if he is broken by doubt, he does what you want without demand. That's... That. You have to break him, yep. and then he'll give you whatever the hell you want and and get the hell away. Yes. Just have to break him. How many chances do you get to break him? One. There you go. See, Heathen Dog is understanding this game. You can't continually berate him, berate him, berate him, berate him, and think it's going to finally break him. You get one chance, and of course, the push the roll. Now, I can have another chance if I come at it from a significantly different perspective. For example, I say, I want your arc. Max, you say, uh, I don't want to, I want something in return. Well, I roll, I get three successes. Mm -hmm. I get two stunts. I, I, I bring your empathy from three to a one. You're okay. like, well, I want that motorcycle we talked about. And I'm like, Hmm, I don't want to give you a motorcycle. How about this? Instead, I pull out my gun. I put it on your head and I say, I want the arc and I want it now. That would have Is all been figured significantly in significantly different approach. Nope. I, I I know where you I know where you're going, but but it's not because all because all of that would have been wrapped into one. The way the way I do it is uh, I do, well I do it one of two ways. Either you offer up something new, or you leave and come back later. Hmm. I don't anything that happens at that one time is the one roll. Okay. So again, that's how I run it. I'm not saying that what Heathen Dog did was necessarily wrong. You put in the chat what you think in the comments what do you think my ruling on it is either you offer something different or you leave and come back i don't mean five minutes later <laughs> right. leave, you know. um, it, now what i will do is you you brought him down to one mm -hmm. what if you brought back most of a motorcycle but it doesn't run yeah, it's gonna have to fix you wanted it. gas notice he didn't ask for gas sure he asked for a if, you, if you were to play that on me with with one success i would say gtfo you're not going to get that pedantic with me but when he with by losing to empathy by now being a little more clouded that absolutely could work those those are the things you take into consideration with the game how well did you succeed if you just barely succeed, yeah, I barely succeeded. Well, then you're going to have the bare minimum of success. If you if you succeeded, let's even go so far as you broke them. You know what? I want? I really wanted that motorcycle, but you know what? Maybe you guys are better off in the arc. And he just leaves all pouty self, you know, because when you're broken by doubt, you either go into a rage or self pity. So he's laying on the ground. Nobody likes me. Or he just attacks you. Okay. Starts breaking stuff. Um, because that's what the result of that is. Anyway, let's let's move on here. Uh, being manipulated, NPCs and other PCs can manipulate you. If their role succeeds, you must offer them a deal of some sort. So, if I struggle with this one, and I usually don't put players in this situation yeah, this, because this is actually forcing players to to uh, to change their their character's mind, and that never goes over well. Right. The caveat, well. I never force the players. What I do is I 
take the letter of the law here. And you know me, I don't like the letter of the law. You have to offer a deal. Your deal could be ridiculous. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you um, my backpack if you give me um, 300 bullets. Never be accepted. You know it'll never be accepted, but you offered a deal. And while I don't like it when players do that constantly, I understand that if you've got something in your party or you're doing something for somebody, whatever the situation happens to be, and you're just like, no, I'm, I would rather die than give this up, I'm not going to put you in that situation. I don't think I've ever run across it that I can remember, but uh, anyway. Healing. Healing is empathy. Why? I don't know. And I've had people argue this constantly. Shouldn't medicine be intelligence? Or wits, yeah. Yeah, wits. Uh, look, they, argue- uh, the, the, the quick answer, most likely, is that they wanted to have three skills yeah. for 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 the uh for all all the different attributes and they had to have this somewhere and this is where they needed a third and that's where they put it that's probably the answer the other portion of it which again depends on how much you believe in psychobabbery is the fact that uh a person with a heart a person who's more empathetic to humankind theoretically is going to be the person more desirous of healing other people whatever Healing a broken person gets back to his feet uh, and immediately recovers a number of attribute points equal to the number of successes you rolled. Wow. That is some powerful stuff. Yes. There is healing in the game. So when people in your game cry about the death spiral, the only thing that causes the death spiral is not retreating, whether you choose not to or you're just unable to do so. Well, it gets worse. No resources are needed for this recovery. Everyone's a paladin. Everyone can just lay on hands. Uh, it takes time, but yes. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, you're rolling what? Let's say you have low empathy. You have two uh, two empathy and one skill. You're only rolling three dice. That's true. But that can still get somebody up and running, even if it's not a full heal. The most important use of the heal skill is to give first aid and stabilize critical injuries, which might save your patient's life. Sure. All right. Now we're going to look at the special skills. Oh, and then wait, gonna... A failed roll could kill. No, you're not putting that on me, game. A failed roll means they died. They would have died whether I was there or not. Screw you, game. I'm not responsible for someone dying. <laughs> I didn't kill him. I failed to save his life. That's morally different. Screw you, game. I'm not, I'm not eating that sin. Beyond the 12 basic skills, each role has one unique special skill. Enforcers. Intimidate. It's based on strength. Kind of makes sense, right? Sure. Uh, okay. Just, uh, often you don't even need to hit. Oh, it doesn't actually. Okay, roll for intimidate when you use your sheer physical presence to get someone to do what you want. We just talked about manipulation, right? So wait, how does that work with strength then? Because instead of rolling, manip- instead of rolling, uh, was it, what is it, wits? No. Empathy. And in, in, instead of having the base be empathy, the base is now your strength. Unlike for the manipulate skill, this is not an opposed role unless oh. your victim is also an enforcer. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. That's better. I like this a lot better. It's just you roll and try to get successes. Yep. That's and it. They, they just take it like a little bitch. All right. 
I'm an enforcer. If I play this game, I'm going to be an enforcer. But there's other. Nope. Nope. You sold me. Stop. Okay. Stop trying to sell me something you already sold. It's already done. Failure target won't be pushed around by a bully like you might even attack you. Better have friends because enforcers are strong. Yeah. Success. Your opponent must choose either attack you right now or bow to your will. But what do the stunts do? Stunts. Additional means you strike fear into your opponent's heart. He suffers one point of doubt. But remember, if I, if you're breaking. He just gives up. You're getting this ability without having any capability for emotional manipulation. Oh, you don't I, have. I, I can no longer use the regular kind of convincing. Oh, you can. I have to use this. No, no, no. Okay. You can. But enforcers don't usually put points into empathy. They don't care. <laughs> they they go for strength, and let's do this. That's your job. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Strike fear in your opponent. Oh, no. Oh, game-breaking. Game-breaking. Here's an example. Let's say I put three points into uh, manipulation, and I'm also an enforcer. Okay? I have an empathy of three, and I have a strength of three. Let's just say that that's how it is. So I try and convince someone to give me their wife. Mm -hmm. I roll empathy plus manipulation. That's three and three. That's six dice. Mm -hmm. And I get three successes. His, uh, his, his empathy is three. I brought him down to one with my two extra successes, but he still won't give up his wife because his wife is too valuable to him. I switch to intimidate. It also does doubt damage. I can break him with one more roll mm -hmm. and then he will give me his wife. That's, that's possible. Outstanding. I'm an enforcer who can, who can see the darkness inside the hearts of other men. I am the shadow. I watched in a let's play where, and I've debated this in my head. If I ever ran in this situation, what I do something very similar to what uh, you just said. And Let's just say he ruled like what my gut instinct would be. But again, I have not run into this situation directly to, to, uh, to answer this, where he said, no, your choice is to use manipulation or intimidation. Once you do one or the other, the scene is done. And that he didn't consider it a change of, uh, 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 a, a change of environment. And part of me is like, well, yeah, I, environment. It, it said significantly different action. I'm using a completely different skill and a completely different base stat. There really is no other more significant change of action than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn on that. Cause I see both sides that I, I don't see. I mean, you're not going to, you're not putting situations like this as often as you might think. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I don't think it would bother me too much. And I also look at it as like, Hey, I have other ways of challenging the players. Sure. If this one thing that he was trying to get that, if that getting that wife, look, you got his wife. Do you think he's not going to hold a grudge? Yeah, he probably will. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there are other things that are come are going to be a consequence to that. I kind of like, you know what? Yeah. And I, I can't remember this game may not say, but there are, I think forbidden land specifically does say environment also, but I, I forget. I play too many of these. Um, oh, uh, uh, Skrobaka's right. I mean, he yep. might not back down. He might just straight up try to attack me. Yep. If he which, had, which is fine because once I kill him, 
he won't stab me in the back. Right now, I forced him to try and stab me in the front where I want him, where I can see him and I can end him. So this is actually advantageous to me. And, he, and he's right, because um, in the rules, it says uh, the person must either give you or give you what you want or attack you. Right. So gearhead skill, jury rig. Constantly. Oh, that's right. This is just the jury. I was thinking the talents. Like, where is it? Um, you constantly pick up odd bits of scrap. And at any point in time, you can sit down for a few hours to jury rig a working contraption. Some examples. You can make a gun. You can make four arrows. You can make some armor. That's armor rating cool. of three. Three. Um, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Lots of other things that you are like rot suit. A, okay, a yeah. rot suit will. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. So and you can make more than what's on here. But look at this. It's a balloon. Yay. A few hundred meters in the air. That's pretty far. Uh, get a scout up there. Yeah. All right. Well, you also first you have to make a telescope of some kind. I mean, th there are I I'm not going to go through all of it here, but, uh, you know, you do need to get resources and so forth. Right. But, uh, and time, time resources, whatever. Hell. Yeah, got it. Am I still in jury rig? Yes, yes you I, are. Yes, Keep I am. Screepers. That whole... Wow. I thought the dog handler one was wrong. Vehicles. No, okay, that's that's too. still jury rig. I know vehicles yeah. are still jury rig. Yeah. You want, you, you want one of these guys in your party. There we go. Find the path. This one is so overlooked. Any fool can walk into the zone, but if you don't know what you're doing, you'll soon end up a corpse. Bones nod clean by the beasts of the wasteland. Stalkers are a special breed loners who went into the zone and came out to know it even as kids. Okay, roll, uh, find a path, whatever. Who cares? Any NPC or monster in the sector you might uh, spot. I don't even care about that. Um, there we go. This is the one. You find a safe path. There is a talent that... that uh, you can take so when we talk about talents we talked about them a little bit last week you have to pick one of three to start the game there are a whole ton of them you only get a choice of the three that affect your uh, specialist skill and you can only pick one after that you can pick whatever there's a talent that halves the ability to get rot i've probably worded that incorrectly but you get you suffer half the rot that is amazing because rot is what will kill your character over the long term Oh, whatever. It's just rot. I'll just make a new character. Whatever. It's that, well, I mean, if you want to have that attitude, you can. But some play. Well, some people. His enforcer. He might really enjoy his ability to thug I, people. I've collected up. a lot of wives. I want to enjoy it. All right. I want to enjoy my my anime harem. And to do that, I have to survive without this environmental cancer creeping into my body. Right. You find an artifact in the sector. You can assess the general level of rot in the sector. Again, there's a bonus set if you take the talent. D6 bullets. Hey, D6 rations. D6 rations of water. You see where this is going? These are rot all... This free is, this water. Is, that's, the, that's the sweet kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rot water is usually plentiful. <laughs> uh, I'm going to zoom out. There we go. I can, oh, I can see. All right. Make a deal. This is the one that will actually uh, hinder Heathen Dog's ability to, uh, you know, if he if he's dealing with the fixer, his intimidation might not work so well. But that's pretty much the only one. What's cool about the fixer is you can actually become an investor, and that's through the talents. Uh, hold on. Oh, 
Yeah, deal on the side. Actually, that's, uh, there's a second way to use the make a deal skill. You can do business on the side whenever you have a few hours to spare in the arc. You can only roll once per session and then choose what you're trying to trade in. Deal and grub, where's it from? Who stole the buyer? All right, so what does it do for you? Is it up here? Sorry. Answer the question. Uh, oops, that's not it. It is it. Okay. I might be confusing the talents again. Oh, here we go. Answer the... Da, da. If you make the roll, you gain. Choose one option for every success you roll. A D6 bullets, D6 grub, 2D6 rations of rot-free water, 2D6 doses of booze. <laughs> booze is used in healing. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, you get dirt on someone. GM decides on who and what the information is. That is a... This is a long-term... This, this person will keep you alive... Or no, he will keep you prepared. The dog handler skill. Sick a dog. You can send your t uh, dog to attack to fight for you. It's a pet class. You can send your dog to scout for you. What's really cool, though... Again, I think it's a talent. Yeah, it's, dang it, it's a talent. <laughs> Sorry. I, I forget what our talents were, especially skills sometimes. But the, there's a talent where you can have your dog endure for you. You're in that blizzard that we were talking about before. Your dog helps you get through it. It's that St. Bernard with, with the, uh, uh, the, the keg of a uh, little alcohol cask yeah. on his collar. Well, cask, there you go. I was going to say keg, but yeah, you're right, cask. Uh, it's, it's a pet class, and your pet helps you out. The chronicler skill, inspire. When using the skill, you can give all of your rolled successes to the person you're helping. Oh, I, it doesn't matter if I'm better at them or not. I can just give all my successes to him. Yes. It counts okay. as if he had rolled them himself. And he simply adds to his die roll. You think the Enforcer's awesome? This is the one that I, I cry about that I think is OP. Mm. But it's meant to be there. He's also pretty weak, though. Hinder. Well, when you, you know, everyone has to, has to be given an excuse to play a bard. Mm. So this, this is a historian-type bard, though. Fair enough. Still. When you hinder someone every success, you get eliminates one success rolled by the subject. Hmm. If all of the success, success are negated, his action fails, of course. Yeah, that's how it happens. Yeah. But, you, uh, but you can't make ones. The boss. Uh, as boss, you're never alone. I'm oh, sorry, it's command. That, that's, I was like, what the boss? Uh, your skill is at a level indicator of how large your gang is. You actually have a gang. I don't let people do this. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. I know. Maybe one day I will. Maybe if I actually run the game seriously for long term, I will. This is like the gang member shit from Shadowrun. I don't like dealing with it. Except for these are useful. Uh, you can also get Grubwater bullets because, of course, you're in charge and they will give them to you. Yes. And plus you have much more eyes and hands scavenging and looking. Racketeering. The boss thrives on the fear of others. You can use the command skill to demand bullets. For every success you roll, you get to pick D6 bullets, D6 uh, ration of grub, 2D6 ration of rotary water, or 2D6 rations of booze. Again, that's, that's health. Man, I want to be a warlord. <laughs> yeah, you do. And this is very similar to the social role. It's a little different, but it's very similar to it. Gives you an idea of how you can get an advantage in that. All right, we only have a couple left, I think. Uh, oh, no, this is the last one. The Slave. That's right. I said Slave, not Grunt. Did you watch the original video that I did last week? No. Okay. Free League, in its own embarrassment, has changed the Slave to Grunt. 
because, you know, saying the word slave is bad or something. Everything about it's the same, though. It's the slave's fate in life to endure pain and suffering. As a slave, you have learned to shake it off, to shake off abuse. Uh, you're very resilient. For every success you roll, one point of trauma is eliminated. Okay. Auto-healing. Or resist damage. You don't even take it. Oh, wow. No, it says eliminated. You have to take it first to be eliminated. Uh, that's fair. Um, there's a way that, uh, that the tra um, maybe that's a talent that, oh yeah, you know, you're right. That's a talent. It's a talent in order to just say I'm broken. No, I'm not. <laughs> I love it. You have to basically kill him twice. It's like an orc from forbidden lands. And I think that's it. I think we are moving up. That should be it. I know that was long. Yep. Cause we'll still, we'll do talents and mutations next week. I want to remind you folks, the reason this was long is because we will talk about the special skills of um, second mutant gen lab alpha because they are a little different but we're only going to talk about differences if you have any questions about how to roll the dice in this game about how to make a skill test ask them now or ask them in the comments when this becomes a video I'll stand by for a minute or two here to wait for you guys to type some things in. Else, this was a long segment. It needed to be. One last thing I'm going to say, just as a reminder, this will not be rehashed when we go through GenLab Alpha, Mechatron, or Elysium, other than the differences. So this is the entirety of the skill video. So if you have questions, let me know. I know I skipped a couple minor parts of it. It's not that big of a deal. I didn't use the die roller, but you rolled enough for me to make that. Yep. So. All right, I have a couple of chats here. Okay. The Rex Teal one says, if you leave and come back, he would allow a reroll with a penalty. Okay. All right. Um, so there's a chart. I didn't bring it up because I think it's in the combat section. But there's a chart that actually tells. You get a plus one for this. If you have more people, I also go with if your group is obviously stronger than, I count that as more people, then the opponent, you get plus one die. If you make your case really well, you get plus one die. Now, I do, that doesn't mean, and I want to be clear about this, that doesn't mean that he has to be the best role player out there. Well, you know what? You didn't thespian enough for me, so screw you. No, this is about role playing a game. We're not all thespians. Yeah, so yeah. All, all you need to do is make a good point or, yes. or have a good idea and, it, and articulate it like a human being, and you get a plus one. Yay. So for the comment that just popped up there, um, saying I should white out slave uh, uh, grunt and write in slave. I don't need to sit on the screen. Oh yeah, because you have the older book. I have the older book. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's I, I don't see. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to say that what you said was wrong or right because, as you can tell, even from us discussing it. Heathen Doug has ways that might manipulate the system that some game masters would be like, eh, no. And others might say, what does it matter? Um, it's all within the spirit intent. If So what I would do, and this is, and he's played with me before. He knows how I run games. And I don't think I'm going to say anything that's out of place here. I don't care if you outthink me. I care if you try to rationalize something just because it works today in the real world into a setting that it does, that it shouldn't work in. Or... Or if I see that what you're doing is going to be something that's going to be commonplace going forward, that is going to break something. If you outthink me, if you out, if you break it, okay, you broke it. 
Yeah, I mean, what what do you really how how does it affect gameplay that much that I want to amass a harem of stolen wives? I mean, how much really is it? Come on, come on. Are yes, those care? are skill dice. <laughs> yeah, th those are skill dice. So, uh, well, and, and you know, there are things that can happen. There are politics that can happen inside the arc that we'll talk about in like three or four weeks. That we could come back and bite you in the butt. So. And next one is Raven's Lair. Is, is this the Chris Pine Bard? Okay, I've I've not watched that movie, but I've seen clips of it. I won't watch the movie because I, I, I read what the writers... Wait, 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 about. wait, wait. You're not going to put it on your Plex? Because the only way I was going to watch is if you put it on your Plex. No, I'm not. Damn it! I'm not even going to watch. No, <laughs> I don't even care. Do but uh, from what I saw, the, uh, the Chris Pine Bard was uh, uh, all talk and absolutely no effect whatsoever. In every scene, in every clip he was in, he never had a good idea or implemented a good idea. So I don't think it's a good bard. Well, it it's a good second edition bard because they were useless. Yeah, in my opinion. Can't match arm spells. Ooh, and I like this comment. What's which one? This makes me want to play again. Only got to play three sections with my dog handlers. Look, if I hope one of the th one of my fears of going through this is I'm trying not to be boring about it because I want people to actually understand how the skill system works. I also don't want to miss too much where it's like you didn't talk about this. Uh, I, I want to inspire people to get the book in the game because it is very difficult to get this game right now. Maybe not this book specifically, but number one, Free League does not seem to be supporting it well. People have told me that the Mutant Mechatron book can cost well over $100. And when we get into Mutant Mechatron, I'm going to cry about that. I love Mechatron. That's actually my favorite. Believe it or not, I like Mechatron better than Gen Lab Alpha. And that probably surprises people. Yes. Anthropomorphic uh, animals are number two. That doesn't yeah, sound right? like you. Uh, but I like this. And, and there's talk that there might be a second edition of this. Why? What is wrong with this edition? And if it's just to change the other style of user engine where it's a step instead of the dice pool, screw you. I like dice pools. Uh, no, it, it, it's probably just to change the language. Well, they did printings for that. I mean, Forbidden Lands changed it through the printings. Mm. So, uh, like I have, I have both a first and second printing player's handbook, and one of them uses real world pronouns and the other one uses woke pronouns. But uh, anyway, the... Uh, uh, the game, this game needs more love, even if it's not necessarily your thing. I like it because you, because when I came across it, I was like, "Ooh, how can you do this with only twelve skills?" And then I ran it. I was like, "This shit works." You just have to understand that things are abstract. They're not meant to be like, "Well, you got five dice and I got five dice, so that means we both can lift exactly five hundred pounds." No, it's just relative to your ability to perform that strength endurance type actions that's all it means right however much you lift is up to you i don't care rex teal says that i missed an hour of the stream i already invested a little bit of the game looks fun hey that's good but so, more hang on more importantly i mean sure rex teal that's a great comment thanks whatever but this is more important what the f the boss can't have a gang but heathen dog can have a gaggle of wives not fair bro no you shut up son it's absolutely <laughs> fair I worked for that gaggle of stolen wives. And hey, he doesn't. And, and you know what? They're not loyal to me. So Max doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't give him anything. <laughs> no, they don't give me anything except grief. I mean, one wife <laughs> is grief enough. I have eight, man. I'm, I'm, I'm taking things on. All right. <laughs> I'm taking on some trauma. I'm pro I probably have maximum like minus three trauma right now. 
just because I have eight wives. Yeah, his empathy's down. His empathy's empathy's down just because it's been hammered, hammered, and hammered by these eight wives. So yeah, there's there's a downside, man. There's a downside to this. Point blank, you've made me rethink my life. I will let the no, no. Here's here's the thing. I know that the grognards get mad when I say this, but it's the same reason I don't like henchmen. It's the same reason I don't like mercenaries. I don't like I don't like people to do, or NPCs to do things that I want the players, the player characters to do. It's right. a personal preference. I don't think that people who play with henchmen or what's the other one called followers are bad people. Great games. I just don't want to have to think about them. It's, anyway, as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, you're actually right. I mean, that's a legitimate thing. <laughs> you know, as far as like, you know, I am kind of hurting that class by, by doing that. I just, it's just, yeah, it's like the gang member from Shadowrun, man. But the useful. only thing I used him for was to was to patrol my house. That's all I that's all I got him for. There you, you know, go. They're, they're, they're a security system. That's it. Yeah. Um. The one thing I wanted to get back on that other comment though, there's uh, one other point I was going to make on that. Um. Oh. This. Think of this as the main world. Okay. Mutant Gen. Now it does have an adventure in here, and I'm not going to talk about it at all. There is adventure in here. That causes answers the crossover. Uh, well, no, uh, it's it's after that. Mm. This is like the core world, we'll call it. The other books, I think of them as prequels, because they are locked in their own setting. Once you get out of that setting, if you get out of that setting, then you're here. Oh. So you're you're not you're of other people now. You you are other people in that book. Yes. Okay. Mechatron is locked in a setting of all robots. Genlab Alpha is locked in a setting of all mutant animals. And Elysium is also locked in a setting of non-mutant humans who have their own issues. Once those issues are resolved, theoretically, if you pass the adventure, because <laughs> yes, there's death in every one of those, you could fail. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you get out, then you're in this world and you can be all types. And all the classes can mix. So if you're with the exception of animal powers, you can't get an animal power. You know, but a uh, mutant human could learn how to be what is it, a seer from Gen Lab Alpha. Okay. Rex Teal, this is the last question. Rex Teal says, uh, "Is the adventure good?" What by and by extension, I'm gonna I'm gonna extend that a little bit. Uh, from from the written adventures you've seen from the Year Zero engine in general, are the adventures well written, and do they seem like they're going to be fun? For me, yes. And I say that because they are vague. Intentionally so, because they don't railroad you. There's, this will happen at some point. This will happen at some point. You're trying to get there. You hope you do. This is going to happen. If, if you continue on the path, you'll get there. But if you choose not to, other things can happen. Um, so I think so, yes. And every one of them, at least the ones in the core book, answer the question of the setting which is why I am not going to talk about the adventure in this book, because it answers the question of the setting. Could you go a different route? Should you tweak it? Yes, because the freaking Game Master section is in the same hardcover book as all the player stuff, so of course they've read it. Because they're people. Yeah. So, uh, So change it up. But if you have the same outcome, you've still answered the question of it. Great. So... 
All right, is that, is that it? Thank you for letting me present this long one. The next couple of weeks will be more uh, will be shorter, uh, but it's going to be ta talent next week. Yeah, talents and mutations. We're going to be talking about next week. And of course, right. like, subscribe, and share this video if you found it helpful in even the smallest way. Insert joke there. <laughs> All right, you ready for yours, or do you need to step up for a second? Um. Yeah, just give me one sec. Okay. Oops. What am I doing? That. Get him ready. I, I really, I, I am a fan of the original Year Zero engine. I do like the dice pool. This is, again, personal preference. I like dice pools. I like the dice pool version of the Year Zero engine better than I do, like, the Twilight 2000. Although, I will say that the Twilight 2000 version, the step dice version of the user engine works wonderfully for twilight 2000 i love the bullet mechanic in twilight 2000 i think that's a great game but the user engine you know like i said before last week free league makes me nervous because it's swedish and it buys into a lot of the garbage that you know i try to fight against but outside of that free league as a company has been wonderful uh again i'll, I'll shout her name out uh jenny from free league has been absolutely amazing helping uh anytime there's been an issue free league even knowing that there have been some problems and some complications you know recognizes that and treats the customers well it's like palladium in that regard i i'd be honest of all the people we talk to i mean i haven't talked to free league but all the companies i've dealt with i think that palladium feels like it uh loves the fans the best and free league has proven I've never had any issues with Palladium for Palladium to resolve, so I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't say, you know, it's been really helpful in this situation or that uh, that situation. Free League has actually helped me through a few situations, both in Germany and here. Oh. Okay, I'm back. All right, for segment two, Ethan Dog's got the three worst new player choices, and then of course we'll be following that up with. Sneak preview of the three worst Game Master mistakes. But right now, let's get back to this one. The three worst new player choices when playing Rifts. And I'm definitely interested in hearing what he has to say about this. So can you give us an elevator pitch of this first? Sure. Because then I'm going to do proclivities. Sure. Here's the deal. All, the, all three things I'm going to say here may not be your top three new player mistakes or new player misunderstandings when riffs i left out combat because obviously for a new player combat is going to be rough until you play it a couple times then you'll get it but all of these three things are going to rank more than likely are going to rank in your personal list of problems you see with new players having when they start riffs did you edit that photo <laughs> I just I looked at that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that at that photo. <laughs> the players are very, are very angry and hating their life choices right now. So what can they expect in this video coming up? Well, you're going to see three things that I have found new players get hung up on or misunderstand most often, and it causes them to not have a good time. This okay. is French fries and pizza, only instead of, instead of a slope, you're at a role-playing table. All right. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. 
Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. Thank you very much. Go ahead and regale us. We're going to start with number three. The least offensive, yet third most prevalent problem I've seen players have. And that is psionics, more specifically the psionic healing category. What players don't understand when when they when they have a psionic and and they they get they see the healing powers, it all heals SDC, it all heals all it all boosts SDC, it all boosts physical strength, but it doesn't make it supernatural. It doesn't it it doesn't actually help them in ninety percent of the combats they have that are meaningful because it's really? mega damage damage. Oh God, I have the psychic ability to stop bleeding, but if I take one mega damage, I'm blown in half. How does that help me? Well, this is an easy fix. When the new player chooses psionics, you say, listen to me, psionics is a support class. They're like, what? But I, I can I can attack with it. No, no, no. You're a bard. <laughs> psionics is a support class. All of your powers, sensitive, healing, physical, even to even to a greater extent than you think, super psionics, are not for combat. They're for before and after combat. Psionic healing, the whole category is no exception. You can do a lot of things role-play-wise with psionic healing. You can go into a village, heal some broken bones, cure someone of the flu, whatever get a lot of goodwill now now they're giving you food and putting you up for the night for free that's great <laughs> that's bard stuff you got to understand psychics are bards but you just lost of- all your viewers good job i'm just saying <laughs> that's the way it is but once you explain that to a new player then their expectations are managed and they can have a good time i have a question before uh so pyrokinetics Yes, that's I mean, in my mind, that's obviously powerful and aggressive and attacking. How is that a bard in that case? If I was playing a pyrokinetic. Okay, Uh, there there is there is a power to to create fire. Now, uh, whether it's a regular SDC fire or mega damage fire like like a burster, I'm not I'm not immediately remembering. That's what I meant. Burster. Thank you. Oh, burster. Okay, a burster is a separate OCC. It's not, it, it's a psychic, but it's, it's, they, they don't get psychic powers per se, or a lot of them anyway. They, they mostly get ability to create and manipulate fire and that's it. Oh, so I thought they were psychic know powers. Getting into. But, but still, uh, just creating fire is awesome. Even if it's mega damage fire, that's great. Except fire is unpredictable. Fire is fickle. Fire, unless perfectly controlled, can get out of control very quickly. Nah, I meant for that to happen. Oh, you meant for that time. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not a dependable form of combat, unless of course you are a burster and you can actually throw fireballs that are direct damage abilities. Outside of a burster, 
sciatic fire if if it even if it even exists or useful at all is is just creating fire that you really can't control to the level where it is combat effective okay so manage manage the player's expectations psionics by and large are a support class and this can be fixed well what's next attributes players and understanding the idea of attributes up until riffs ultimate edition this was stupid easy <laughs> in the advent of riffs ultimate edition it gets weirder here's the rub if your players are able to do math and statistical probability they will say attribute rolling sucks and on the face of it i have to agree you're rolling 3d6 the first rolling method, we're going the first rolling method, up to down, top to bottom, 3D6. You have to roll an eight or higher to not have any minuses on your attributes, but you have to roll a 16 or higher to have any bonuses. This means you are much more likely to have a minus than you are to have a bonus. Oh, I, I confuse me. So you are talking about Rift's Ultimate Edition when you say that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Talking about the current game. Now, you have to explain. To the, to the new player that, yes, that is true, but physical attributes at character generation at this level do not matter. Physical attributes are the attributes that can be easily fixed through proper skill selection. But you're taking away some of my skills. Okay, dude, you can completely reroll your character, but I don't want to be here for five hours. And it already takes four to make one. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be here for five extra hours. Okay, I don't want you re-rolling until you get all 18s. No, manage these expectations. Again, just, just like number three, it's a managing expectations game. Having a minus here or there is not game-breaking for you. Having a bonus, plus one, plus two, here or there is not game-breaking. You're looking at this thing go up to 30. You're not going to have that, man. You're not going to have that. You're not going to roll that. That is That is like all the stars aligned. And and you have seven supermodels at your door, and all and those all wives wanted... that you took in the year zero exactly. video. <laughs> but you took them, and they love you. And oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, stars have aligned on this one. There aren't enough stars in the world. But no. <laughs> there you go. See, there you go. But that that's like getting a thirty. You can you can hope that you'll get a sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen total at at this level of character generation when you're just rolling your attributes. That's a great roll. Now, anything below an eight will give you a minus of some sort. I think there are a couple stats where you got to go lower, but that's when they start. I, I know he said it already, but I want to be very clear that that's the main difference from the original riffs to riffs ultimate edition. Yes. In riffs, in regular riffs, which I'm going to call real riffs, <laughs> because this is an abomination, this, this idea of attribute minus abomination, there is no minus, no detriment at all for having a low stat. It's you are forced to role play that low stat. That's it. There's no game mechanic at all. Three Between so, 3 and 15 did not yeah, matter. 3 and 15 don't matter. So when I GM riffs, I GM riffs the old way. Not the ultimate book way, the real book way. Not trying to derail, but when I look through those, I like the idea of the negative uh, of the minuses. I just thought they were 
incredibly way, penalizing. Way too yeah. minus. <laughs> yeah. Way too detriment. Like uh having having a uh five or a six intelligence means you're dumb, yeah, but you get super dumb. Yeah. You know, and it gets worse from there. But again, let them know if they're the physical stats of the problem, we we can fix that later on in this character generation process we can fix it we can take away those minuses and even if you can't these minuses are not the end of the world you have to adjust your gameplay but that's mostly it unless you have a three four or five in something you just have to adjust your gameplay it's not that bad it's more flavor than detriment okay so one and two we're adjusting the new players expectations Three and two, sorry. Three and two were adjusting the player's expectations to take away any misunderstandings the player might have. But number one, there is no misunderstanding. Uh Uh-oh. This is you, as a game master, have to make a judgment call. Can this player handle it? Oh, really? Mostly, it's a no. Really? New players do not play crazies correctly, and they do not properly appreciate the insurmountable and constantly growing problems in the brain of their character. Oh, they are growing. Every level you get more and more crazy. And you have to adjust your role-playing appropriately. For a new Rifts player, this can be difficult. For a new role-playing game player, this is impossible. Don't do it. Don't let them play a crazy. You, as the game master, have to make make a judgment call. Can they handle it? It's binary. Yes or no. Maybe means no. What What do you see as the biggest mistake? Because I have a, I have what I want to say, but you're the one with much more experience than me on the Rift side of it. What um, What do you see as the biggest mistake that new player makes with the crazy? It's not mistake. It's inability. A new player, the biggest problem is their inability to be forced to role play in a certain way. The crazy forces you to role play in a possibly random fashion because you're supposed to roll for a random insanity. And then you have to role play that insanity. You're taking my agency. Yes. Yes. The no, crazy... no, not taking your agency at all. You chose the class. Yes, you chose the class, but. <laughs> The, the insanity is random or should be yep. it's supposed to be the insanity is supposed to be random. And then now you have to role play that accordingly. And a lot of new players will not be able to do that. What was yours? Uh, mine is that uh, they overdo it from the start mm. because you're going to get a ton more insanities as time goes on where there's a phobia yeah. some sort of you know degeneracy whatever and they start out of the gate like, <laughs> like at 100 already right exactly like, yes if you do that Ma- max is right if if you do that no one's going to want to be around you at level one let alone level four when you're actually balls to the wall crazy at this point you're going to be out of group you you gotta you have to role play it so where it's significant but you are more useful than you are detrimental. Hey, shout out That's to Randy for how he played his crazy. has to walk. That's the line you have to walk. And a lot of new players can't walk that line. It's, a, it's, it's not that they're not going to be able someday. They're not able today. Yeah. 
and today's when they're playing. They're going to have a bad time. They're going to think you're a bad GM because they're going to blame you because they're players. <laughs> That's what they do. Can so, I do an yes, honorable they, mention with that? They're, they're, I, don't, I don't need it. Trust me. I, 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 got, I got the honorable mention for all, all things bad on the list is actually in the GM section. <laughs> well, what, what do we have for, for comments? I just start to. Uh, guns are much more powerful than psychic powers. Yeah, again, psychics are more of a support class. Think of them as a support class, not a combat class, and you'll have a better time. And uh, you have to be Robin Williams. <laughs> you have to be Robin Williams level to be able to play a crazy No, correctly. no, again, again, this is kind of what Max was talking about. Robin Williams made a whole career on going overboard. <laughs> you don't right. want to go overboard on the crazy out of the gate. You want to build up to that. Because your character is building the crazy over time. So you want to start out where people give you side eye and go, did he just say that? Or did he just do that? Or did, did he just say he wanted to have sex with a pig or whatever, you know, <laughs> make, make them, make them think they may have misheard that crazy. But as you get higher in level, then you can start amping it up a bit, amping up a bit, because as you get higher in level, your usefulness goes up. It's 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 like the the Barney Stinson hot crazy scale. The the perfect woman rides the line between hot and crazy. You don't oh. want to jump above or below that line, you're going to get tossed. The the group's going to break up with you. Riding that line we were, is hard. In the game we were in, I thought Randy did a really good job. I okay. thought he did a really good job with the with the crazy, but uh but he also, I don't know how much experience he has with riffs, but he definitely has experience role-playing those. So. Sure. Would you say that the juicer has a similar problem or no? No, the, the okay. juicer, everything is up front. There's no nuance. All, all of the bonuses are there. All the detriments are there. They are not randomly changing. They're, 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 not, they're not making you role-play in a different way. They're, they're not making you see scenarios in a different way. From the beginning, all the cards are on the table and they are unchanging. So it's easier, far easier to role play than a crazy. That makes sense. All right. Hope you guys like that. The I've already forgot the three worst new player mistakes or things you have to educate them about. And uh, if you do like this, you have comments for Heathen Dog. We've been getting a lot of comments recently about more Palladium, more Palladium, more Palladium. Well, what specifically do you want within Palladium? Because uh, we have limited resources when it comes to that. Although I think I did just pile on a bunch of opportunities for him. Yes, you did. But uh, yeah, let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we'll see you in the next video. Give me a sec. The crazy is the master class. Yeah. yeah my, my thing, and, and Heathen Dog was right about that. Uh, my comment about the juicer is the fact that when I see people play juicers, I really wish that they'd play up the whole I'm going to die thing. Well, it, it all depends on how you want to play it. You want to play, oh God, I'm doomed. Oh God, I'm doomed. Or, or I want to go out in a blaze of glory. Or Either way. I want to make the world a better place before I burn out. You know, you, you decide at level one and then mm -hmm. push through. No, I, I agree. But usually yeah. it's just like, I've, I've got, I've got these powers. Let's do it. Yeah. I, yeah. They, they just like, ignore it. Exactly. But, uh, again, if you had a death sentence and people decide to ignore that all the time in real <laughs> life, you know?
All right, for the second part of segment two, now Heathen Dog, he just got done telling us about player, uh, uh, what was it called? Player choice, bad player choices. Now he's going to talk about three worst game master mistakes. Please like, subscribe, and share, and give us your elevator pitch on this Heathen Dog before I do proclivities. Okay. Now, this is new game masters to rips. All right, so you haven't played, you haven't, you have, you maybe you've played, maybe you played. But you've never game mastered a campaign in Rifts. This is your first time. What are the top three mistakes that I've seen made by new game masters? Again, this may not be your top three, but I'm fairly certain these will rank, even in your your humble opinion. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time or check out the Friday Night Chill stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right. So let's get into it again. List of three. My top three. Probably going to rank in yours somewhere. Let's start with the least offender. The spell, Carpet of Adhesion. <laughs> oh my God, Game Masters hate this spell. Especially new Rifts Game Masters, they just don't know how to handle it. What is Carpet of Adhesion? Okay, it is, okay, it is broken. Fair. Fair. Here's what it is. For relatively cheap, 10 PPE, which is, even at, even at first level, it's not expensive. You can make a 10 by 20 foot area Anyone who walks into it, they are stuck. If they fail their save, they're stuck for two and a half minutes. If they make their save, they're stuck for 2d6 rounds. This puts them in a kill box for at least two rounds where they can't dodge, they can't move. They're basically going to die probably. And rounds equals a lot of actions. Yes. That is a lot of bullets and a lot of powers and a lot of stuff coming your way. And there is no duck dot duck, dodge, dip, dive, dodge. There's none of that here because you're stuck. Even if you can teleport, you actually teleport the, the section of the magical carpet that you're standing on with you. That means wherever you land, you're stuck there. This on the outset is a broken spell and new game masters have a problem dealing with it. And I get it. I completely understand. Now, if your players 
use this a lot, then of course you're going to have some creatures that can fly or some creatures that can teleport to teleport next to you. Sure, they're stuck, but now they're stuck next to you, which is a lot worse than being stuck 20 feet away for, for you anyway, you know, for, for the characters. So you're going to have to do that, but you have to not overcorrect, make everybody flying, make everybody teleporting, make, make everybody magical resistant. All right. And first you're saying, well, heathen dog, what if they don't step in the carpet? They cast the carpet of adhesion and they don't step in it. You can even cast it on a person. Cast it on them. And they're stuck where they are. So yes, it is a powerful spell. And as a game master, you have to learn how to deal with it. I do not recommend... You overcorrect, make everybody flying, make everybody teleporting, make everybody anti-magic, whatever, because then your players are going to go, well, then why did I even take this power if I can't use it at all now? Hmm. Okay, you have to trick your players because players need to be properly corralled or else it's like, you know, trying to herd cats. You have to train your players. I won't say trick, I'll say train. That's better. Train your players to use this spell as it was meant to, strategically. For example, you are being chased down a hallway. You turn a corner. You cast Carpet of Adhesion at the corner. The, the, the pursuers turn the corner and are stuck. You can now get away. That is a strategic use of Carpet of Adhesion. It is not game-breaking, not even game-altering. And you still get away. Players still win. Stuff like that. You have to train your players to use them out, outside of their box. Trust me. All players inside of the box is break the game. That's what they're thinking of. And that's what they do. So now let's go to number two. Okay. Sixth sense. Oh my God. To a new game master, this power is a, a sharp burning migraine just waiting to happen every week. Because this power is always on. It is ridiculously cheap. And you as the game master have to remember, have to remember before every encounter, before sometimes every trap, before everyone, anyone does anything against the character with sixth sense. He gets to have a role to know about it or a chance to just know something bad is going to happen. You have to remember to do that. Or else the players are going to get pissed. I should have known that was coming. Someone aimed and shot a, right, a rifle bullet at my head. I should have known that six seconds ago. Yeah, you forgot. Again, <laughs> you game masters have to learn if one of your characters has, one of your players has six senses of power, you have to now adjust all of your gameplay accordingly. This is not something where, oh, if I concentrate hard enough, it'll never happen. Screw you. It's going to happen. You're going to mess up. You're human. It's going to happen. Make it happen very, very little amount of time. And when it does happen, apologize and fix it. That's the only thing you can do. That's it. This is something that cannot be avoided, only mitigated. So, if anyone here has watched part three of the interview between me, Max, and Kevin Sabita, and, and uh, Sean, 
Owen Robertson. Sean, Sean, Sean Robertson. You know what my number one most hated hated thing for for a for a game master to deal with in riffs. You should know. I'm going to show you anyway. The shifter. The worst OCC ever. This thing. Okay. <laughs> and put your comments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if you want to know my entire spiel about it, watch watch part three of the interview. Here here is the Cliff's notes of what's going on. The shifter makes players the victim and makes game master the abuser. I'll explain. The shifter is the most powerful OCC in the main book. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Shut up. Yes, it is. Because it is three OCCs rolled into one. All of the powers of three OCCs into one. That's the most powerful. That, that's three times more powerful than other OCCs. Yes, it is. That's true. But each of these OCCs has a tremendous drawback that screws not only the player, but the group as a whole. And when this happens, because it's going to happen, the statistically 100% chance the group is going to be screwed, you as the game master are going to be blamed for it. You're going to be blamed for it because people are people and people suck. It's your fault they made bad decisions. That's how it's going to roll. I'm sorry. That's the lot you you put yourself in. That This is the box you live in now. It's your fault. Because you allowed someone to play a shifter. Now, there is no mitigating this. Come here. <laughs> there, there, there is no mitigating this damage. The only thing you can do is disallow the OCC altogether. 100% full stop. This is the only way you can get out of not being the bad guy. Of, or uh, get out of being the bad guy. That's it. Don't allow it. At all. The only way to win is not to play. That's it. So that, if you is have, the, if, that is the top three biggest mistakes I have seen new new game masters and riffs walk into or not be able to to handle. Now, what do we got for well, Heathen Dog? You get a lot of uh, when you do the shifter thing, you get a lot of people say, no, Heathen Dog doesn't know what he's talking about. So I, I want to put this out there for folks. If he if you think that Heathen Dog doesn't know what he's talking about and the shifter is fine, cite examples. Don't yeah. just say the shifter's great. Don't just say he doesn't know what he's talking about. Put in how the shifter in your game or in, that you've seen or that you've played works and doesn't have these foibles. That'd be great. And please, please have it be uh, nonfiction. If you're lying, I can smell it. <laughs> I can smell lying players. I can smell them. Hmm. Carpet of Adhesion, greatest spell ever. See, that is a player talking, 100% player talking right there. To a game master, it's a damn nightmare. But yes, for a player, super broken. When find sometimes using the spell book or spell back on the players can be a fun equalizer. Carpet of no, Adhesion, no, no, Every, no, no. everybody's just stuck. No, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. The thing is, if you use this spell on them, it's so broken. If you use it on them, you're, you're being a dick. But if they use it on on NPCs, they're just being smart. That that doesn't it happens every time. It happens every time. I haven't seen that result. I have seen players complain 
Oh, I'm just stuck here now. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. They get mad when you do it to them, but when they do it to you, it's all oh, apparently fine. Yeah, That's that, like in that, D&D when you power word kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. It is the sign of a broken ability. When you using it is great, but someone using it on you is cheating. That's a sign <laughs> of a broken power. Uh, what's the next one here? Oh. Uh, this is talking about Sixth Sense. This can drain a player's ISP without them being... Okay. Yeah. Only in the lowest of low levels. It's two ISP per activation. Two. Two. That you... And the thing is, if you do that, if you drain someone's ISP from... from from machine gunning threats at them they're gonna know you did that on purpose and now you're a bad guy again again you're in the box you're in the box of being a dick that's where you live now so you you can't even do that without them crying about that it's no win you just have to learn to mitigate the problem and live with it is there a distance limit for six cents so a laser bolt, uh, so they get, uh, uh, so if you've got a laser bolt that, uh, was one K range on it, would the character be alerted? I think, I think that, well, in the old book, I think there was a range. Hang on. Let me, let me check. I, I have the old, I have the old book right here. I don't have the new. I have the, the one I use the real book. I don't know page any of that stuff's on. So yeah, I forget. Is that psychic or is that psychic, magic? Psychic. Armor Ithan, that's magic, right? Yes. Okay, I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay, here we go. Uh six cents. Here we go. Uh range 90 feet. But hang on, let, let's read it. Six cents is a power that gives the psychic a precognitive flash of imminent danger to himself or somebody near him within 90 feet. Oh, somebody near him within 90 feet. The character will not know what the danger is or where it'll come from, nor who it will be directed to when in a group. He will know that is something life-threatening will happen in the next 60 seconds. Sorry, I said six earlier. My bad. The sixth sense is triggered automatically without the consent of the psychic, whether his life is in great peril or just regular kind of peril. Doesn't matter. The sixth sense is only triggered when an unexpected life-threatening event, which is already set in motion and will happen any second. The power cannot be called upon. It will be sense to traps or ambush. Instead, it works like an automatic effect. So, if the danger is within 90, this, this is how I would adjudicate this. If the danger is within 90 feet, you get an up to 60 second heads up. But if you are shot by a bullet or laser or whatever from beyond that 90 feet, once that imminent danger crosses that threshold of 90 feet, you are instantly alerted. Now, you get bonuses. Bonus to dodge, bonus initiative. You get bonuses when this thing is active. Even while well, it's traveling at the speed of light, it's a laser beam. doesn't matter. You get the bonuses before it hits. That means you, you, the character, get that bonus. Now, is that is it is that aforementioned sniper shot going to give you enough time to warn anyone? No. 
but you'll dodge out of the way or a chance to dodge out of the way. Yeah, you have a greater chance of mate of me like neoing that thing like the matrix. You have a chance to do that. So still, yes, even from a sniper shot, the uh, the owner and user of Sixth Sense does get benefit. Yeah, and, and if anybody would really, well, that's not 90 feet, so on and so forth. The problem with, uh, to me, the problem with Sixth Sense isn't that it's too powerful. It's that it doesn't cost enough ISP. That, yeah. that for me, was the issue. Because it's got to be useful. In a game like Rifts, where everything is being shot at you from, you know, 500-yard snipers, you know, robots shooting, you know, two kilometers away and so on and so forth, you've, you've got, you can't say it only works within 90 feet. That would be, yeah. that would make with, the power. you if, if the danger is far away, once the danger right. comes to the range, it activates. All right. And then um, there's one more. Okay. Uh, apparently, I thought I had one more starred. Okay. I lied. I mean, there have been some good comments in there, but I didn't star. Uh, I'll put this one up, though. Okay. Never played Rift sounds like old school D&D, but very different at the same time. Well, if yeah. by old school D&D, you mean futuristic with robots and dragons and well, no, monsters, I mean, it, oh my. <laughs> it is obviously deadly, and, and it's a little, yeah. it's a little, a little crunchy compared to, to modern games. Then, yes. I it agree. is the kitchen sink of games. If you can dream it, if you can think about it, you could probably find it, which is what pushes me away from it. I mean, oh, I, res I respect it more, especially with Kevin popping up and saying that was the intent. So I absolutely ended up respecting more. But to me, it's it's too much. Okay. But now, you if, if you want to learn more about about riffs or Palladium in general, yeah. almost all of our videos from last year were were about Palladium games from the first game up to riffs at the end. Uh, not every game, but in a logical progression. A whole series on on riffs. Plus, there. Plus, he has like thirty other app videos. I'm not even sure he remembers making on oh, various yeah, topics like five, of riffs six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So all types of riffs content. And we have a playlist uh, playlist for riffs as well. If you want to learn more about well, it, put put the Darth Darth Theeks comment in there. What's that? This one? Nope. The one above it. It just says you sense something dangerous is going to happen in that area, and now go to the one below not how far the danger is when you sense it. Exactly. That means when the danger enters that area, it goes off. That's I think I see what he, I think I see what he's saying on that and I can understand. I don't see this is why I don't like rules lawyering. I like to just have a consistent rule that feels yeah. right for the table because I I without speaking for either of you what I think he's uh, saying is like no the 90 feet just means something weird is about to happen in that 90 feet. doesn't matter that it started a kilometer away. Yeah, exactly. Right. As soon as it passes that threshold, it's now, it now activates the power. Yeah, it's but spider until sense. then it didn't. Well, I, again, I can, I could see somebody ruling it differently than that. It's like, it doesn't have to cross into that 90 feet. Something is just going to happen within that 90 feet, whether it's a laser or not. And you've right. got 60 seconds but, to but, deal but, with it. But the thing is the bonuses for the, for the character who has, mm -hmm. who has six cents do not change. Yeah, fair, fair. Yep. Yeah, they get all the same bonuses, whether it's aimed at them or not, whether whether it's an AOE effect or not, whether it's you know completely unavoidable or not, they still get these bonuses. A shifter sense is tingling. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> all right. All right. With that, uh, I think we get ready to hop into segment three, where uh, we read comments from the last well, maybe a couple of weeks now, but we read comments from last week and uh, take your calls. 
And if you want to get the information out there for the call, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, subscribe. I probably should end segment two first, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, subscribe, share. Leave us some comments about how much you love the shifter. <laughs> Whoa. And- I'd say the Diablo too, but that's a different game. So anyway, let's let's just go leave it there. And uh, yeah, uh, look forward to next week. Do you know what you're talking about next week? I do not. Okay. We'll have to cure that soon. <laughs> Sorry, all right. <laughs> all right. Let me uh, get out of this. I got to get, I got more pictures of me. I only use this one for right now. I got to get some of those other ones up there. So it's not just the same <laughs> thumbnail for every video. What would it be like if you jammed a party of shifters? You would never have to come up with creatures to attack because no, they'll do it themselves. No. You would you would never have to come up with enemies. There, there's literally a whole party of enemies right in front of you. <laughs> They're all enemies to you and to each other. They're, they'll they'll just kill themselves. You don't even need a campaign. You just have them in a bar. You wait long enough, they're all they'll they'll kill each other off. Uh get these comments up. I put the link out on Rumble if you want to get it out there on YouTube. Oh, the the name Shifter makes it sound like a tranny. No, <laughs> it's it, it's it's because they they can use a. Uh, well, it's uh, trans something. Uh, trans dimensional. Yeah, they, they they can open up rifts and pass through rifts and do all things that are all rifty. All right. All right, here we go segment three again we are going to take your calls we are going to read comments and hopefully i don't have to say for the third week in a row that ever since we started doing this uh, you guys stopped calling in so hey call in we put the link out there got to talk about something to do with skills in the mutant year zero system or uh bad choices that players or game masters make something similar to in, that. in riffs in riffs yeah so uh check your audio and surroundings you get one question or comment related to segment one or two we'll respond then there'll be one follow-up to our response. You'll get to, you know, make make a final comment there. Then you'll hang up. We'll uh, finish the conversation. We'll move on to the next person. And please watch the language, because even though I screwed up twice today, we try not to cuss you. That's for the Friday Night Chill stream. Yes, it is. So uh, talk about that. Let's get this zoomed in even more. So, wow. Dismiss. Go away. Um, nope, that's Friday Night Chill stream. That's Friday Night Chill stream. That's an old one. Oh, yeah. that must have been a Garthon introduction. Yep. <laughs> people don't like those. They I know, right? I mean, people liked them at the time, but they didn't age well. Yeah, well, they also liked them on the live stream. They didn't like it for the video cut. Right, right. Uh, oh, this is somebody that was trying to insult me and I didn't respond back yet. I thought it was funny, though. Okay, come on. Where, what did we talk about last week? Okay, go ahead and bring my Hawkman in while I'm finding a comment. Okay. There we go. Our Hawkman, how you doing? Uh, so what would you guys do to change the shifter to make it less um, of a problem to have players use? Uh, I would I would make it the original shifter. I mean, al- already I would never play the original shifter because it's still worthless. But at least it didn't endanger everyone every second of every day. Hmm. See the the original shifter. His only ability was to was to uh, um, open up uh, rifts to other dimensions and have people walk through them. That was that was his big power. I mean, sure he had magic powers, he had all kinds of other stuff, but that that was his big deal. Now the shifter can do that, 
make a pact with a supernatural evil creature to get powers uh, by selling your soul to this thing. And you, you can summon creatures from other planes of existence, put them, put them under your will, but they will 100% eventually break out of that and probably have feelings for you that aren't good. Mm, and your, your party yeah. is going to, is going to pay for that as well. That that's, that's two really big downsides that are inevitable to happen. They're going to he- they're going to screw the party over, one hundred percent. You have you, your your soul is being held by a supernatural evil deity. This thing is going to tell you to do things that are bad, and the players are going to have to stop you. The other the other part of it is you you summoned a creature from another dimension, and you have it under psychic control. It is at some point going to be released from this control either voluntarily or involuntarily and then it's going to feel ways about that probably negatively it's going to try and kill you so now your players have to make a choice do i help him and put myself in danger or do i let this thing have its way with him because it's got beef and i believe it see now that would be a great time for a reaction adjustment role that's a good place Uh, not for anybody but just for the certain classes that deal with the, you know, the, uh, was it the summoner for elementals, the, uh, uh, the shifter for demonic beings from outer space where, okay, because this is what you do. If anybody else were to do this, just with like, I'm putting you in a circle and you're going to do my bidding. It eats you automatically, but because this is what you do, we're going to at least give you a reaction uh, adjustment role. It mm-hmm. might leave saying next time. or you know whatever but it also depends on how you treated it while it was in your service but some some evil demon things don't care they only (laughs) care that they were subjugated to a stupid flesh bag human and that is an affront to my very being the only way that i can get get back my my soul or face or or reputation is to stomp you into chunky salsa so yeah that's that that's the problem with the shifter and the only way to mitigate that is to make this new shifter in the real shifter and then i still wouldn't play it hey that mm, i i uh, really don't understand the game design that they had on that but no yeah well the, the the new shifter is a shifter a witch and a summoner all rolled into one your favorite classes yeah all of those classes are awful and they decided, and Kevin decided, oh, let's put all the awful ones in, into into one giant mistake. The, 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 the one thing that can uh, can completely destroy the party, no matter what yes. they do. Yes, the 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 only thing better at destroying a group of of uh, of, of tightly walking people are five hand grenades. That's the only <laughs> thing better. Shifter is option two. But yeah, right. that's it. Thank you, Mark Hawkman. Thank All you. Right, be that. Have a good one. Uh, I did want to put this up. Oops, you got it. Because uh, I did, I did a little deeper dive into this. Like, you need to check out the conversion book for the Nega Psychic from Beyond the Supernatural to Rifts. is more broken than you think. When I actually dove into it, it is. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, a, a Nega Psychic uh, cancels all supernatural powers, uh, psychic and magic, in a, in a, a globe around himself. And in, in riffs that, that just turns people off that just, I, I don't mean like, Oh, turns them off. Like, I don't want to No, it, it flips them like a light switch, you know, dragons, uh, they're done. 
You know, like, uh, spellcasters, not anymore. You're just a dude in a funny costume. I'm not going to lie. I, I forget what I read, but I remember when I did, because uh, somebody put it in one of the comments a bit ago. Uh, Ongoing spell effects. They're canceled. Again, I, I don't remember what it was, but there were some things in there where I was like, oh, actually, this kind of changes things. The Nega Psychic actually is pretty uh, powerful. I think it actually got abilities, too, but I can't remember. Anyway, um, the other thing is, uh, Kevin, when he was on here, he kind of talked about these. He said those were kind of role-playing uh, role-playing concepts, and here's the issue with that. I'm probably more on Kevin's side than Heathen Doug is with this. Although I, I do believe that Heathen Doug and I both recognize this. We just also understand players. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Heathen Doug does. And, I, and again, it would be for him to discuss that. They're more role-playing classes. Yeah, this stuff can happen, but you don't have to make it happen all the time. You Or you make that part of the side adventure. How do you deal with it? You know, when, when is it going to go against you? Do you take that into preparation time? Now, and just based on listening to what he said before, Heathen Dog doesn't want to have to deal with that stuff. Me, I find that stuff absolutely intriguing. I love dealing with that stuff. So that, that's, it's, part of that has to do with what type of table do you have? Because just because it can go south doesn't mean it has to go south, and a good game master can mitigate that, still make it serious, Still make it deadly. Still make it be a problem. The player's going to have to have some strong role in this, whether through role-playing or great skill selection or a combination thereof. But I'm not just going to blanket it because the rule says, eh, that that eh has to happen. But if you do read it directly by the rules, well, then you can't, you can't argue with what he's It's negapsychics are good with dealing carpet adhesion. Okay, well, there you go. that that is true. That is true. <laughs> of course, negapsychics and rips bring their own problems to the party. But uh, yeah, carpet adhesion won't work or around anyone near them. Oh, that's what I read. Is that's right? Negapsychics can stop magic. Also, yes, that was the main thing that I that I remember. Okay, yeah. anyway, so um, what's his name here? Uh, Whitleypedia says thanks for your great work. We're ready to start a campaign soon. Hey, announce it to the world, man. Seriously. People, uh, Free League specifically needs to know that Mutant Year Zero is being played and people are interested in it. I get it. It's going to be a niche game. It's not going to be for everyone. You know, I'm pretty sure that Heathen Dog would still rather do riffs. Might be wrong. I don't know. But if you're playing it, if you're enjoying it, obviously like, subscribe, you know, share our videos. <laughs> but, uh, but also... Uh, talk about that you're playing the game so that other people out there, the more people we expose to it, you know, even if they don't end up liking the Mutant Year Zero itself, maybe they like Coriolis, maybe they like Forbidden Lands, maybe they like some other games. We can get more people into playing this. Go ahead. New yeah. Yoga, how you doing? Doing good. How you doing? Pretty well. I what have you a got? question. How do the players uh, uh, misuse carpet of adhesion? Because I haven't found a way. I haven't found a way to misuse it. I've looked at it. And the only no, no, no. way I've been able to see it, the only way I've been able to find to use it is the way it's intended. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, the, the, the way it was written, it is a broken power. Because it is, it is almost always a, a significant force multiplier for, for, for the side that, 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 get, that gets to use it first. It is too powerful for low-level low PPE cost 
And saving doesn't save you at all. Saving means you're still stuck. So it is it is a broken power that it's, it's, not, it's, it's not that they use it incorrectly. They use it the way it can be used. I mean, you, you could there's a bunch of ways you can use a spoon. Some would say there's a correct way, an incorrect way. But if you're still spooning shit, you're spooning shit. Right. It's still how, how the thing works. It's just too good of a spoon. You take all the food. But in your you know solution, in, in your solution, you, you suggested to train the players to what was it? Train the players to use it within the box strategically rather than as a blanket round one, every combat thing, because once they learn how broken it is, players will be players. They're going to use it round one, every single fight. They will. And you know why? Cause it's good. Cause it's a game winner. It shouldn't and, be that good. And, and you are you overlooking the fact that, um, um, if you have a high enough strength or have a supernatural strength, you can still walk through it. It just, it doesn't stop you. It slows you down, but it doesn't stop you like with a supernatural strength. So no, I'm, using I'm it on like a glitter boy or a supernatural entity, uh, it, it'll slow them down. And it also doesn't get rid of the uh, range range capabilities. Well, range attack. That's true. But uh, I'm pretty sure it'll still stop you. Hang on. Cause I have the, I have the, the uh, Riff's Ultimate Edition uh, explanation for it. Okay, right I'll give here. you Riff's Ultimate. I, no, 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 I, I got it right here. Uh, yeah. uh, da, 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 the spellcasting create this super, super fly paper, blah, blah, blah. Successful saving throw versus magic is made. That player rolls two six out of die and are stuck for that many rounds. Effective wow. against cyborgs, power armor, robots, and those with supernatural physical strength. Someone who teleports... Nope. I'm reading okay. it right here. Even if then I think it was in the original. Still stuck. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it was in the original book. Then maybe okay. that I, that I read it. So okay. Yeah, I, I, I'll concede that if if Riff's Ultimate changed it, uh, I, I'll concede that. But no, I I remember reading somewhere where you know if you have a supernatural uh, strength, you can you can power through. Well, let, let let's see if that is but, in the old in the old book because that's entirely possible. But I mean, you, five, four. Well, well, you're looking that up. I'm going to respond to this one. Oh, here. there it Just, is. No, I got it right here. It's all four. Uh, yeah. Those failing uh, actually cast upon a person. Spellcast created flypaper. Those failing. It effective against Borgs, power armor, and robots. It doesn't even talk about supernatural strength at all in the original, in the original write-up. Okay. Well, I'm wrong. I, even call it. I may have to admit I was wrong. Too excited to die. No, no. Uh, the thing is, the, the 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 problem with Carpet of Adhesion is that there's a really good chance you have never played it as written because it's been house ruled. There's a good chance you've never played it as written because GMs have changed it to to make it more not a giant first first round bomb. I get caught mm -hmm. that all the time with Palladium stuff because I also the crap out of my team and T game. Uh, yeah, that 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 might have been it because I I remember somewhere that like if you had a like a incredibly high you know an an inhuman strength level or or your physical strength was uh, supernatural, you know it it slowed you down but it didn't stop you. Okay, you, in the original you know, book, 
that is a possibility because it doesn't say anything about supernatural strength at all. It only says about robot and, and augmented strength, which is different, which is a, a different level. So there, there's wiggle room for a GM to, to house house rule it a little bit. But in the, in the riffs ultimate edition, it specifically states even supernatural strength. While I help you. All right. We good. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Nerdy Thanks, Ogre. Nerdy I, Ogre. I, I appreciate an opposing opposing point of view because oh. it helps me solidify my own point or change my mind to something that's more correct. I appreciate it. Boom. Awesome. Thank you, Nerdy Ogre. Uh, I want to put this one up here. Uh, he says, uh, point blank says, just change how it works. If it's broken, then fix it. One of the things that we do here when we're expressing, I, I do a lot more than he does is say, hey, this is how I do. I do things differently. But we do try to stick to what the book says for the purposes of everybody having the same framework. Yeah, Because the thing is, we don't want to change your mind. We don't we don't want to alter the way you alter where you play, especially if it's not stated in the book to play that way. So we will show you what the book says, tell you what the book says. And if we have strong feelings about it, we will we will say we do it this way disclaimer this is just how we do it yeah i, I like what uh uh Skrobaka here says the problem is you'd have to have such a weird yeah. write-up to make it fit that yes i'm sure that was the intent i mean i don't know i can't read kevin's mind at all but i mean it seems like that would be the intent yeah but the, how the, would you the, write it up to make that the intent i don't know if you can i don't know if you can i mean the, the reason i gave the strategic example was a getting away example because i'm on the same page as uh as as, as Skrobaka. I, I believe it was meant to be uh oh shit i want to get out of here spell i believe it but it's not written that way and it doesn't play that way in most games because it's broken nerdy ogre kevin has a nega psychic uh in the conversion book so i don't know uh anyway so point blank here says uh People who don't want to bring up the culture. Oh, okay, this culture war stuff. I'm not going to actually dive into this here. I did read this one uh, previously. Okay. I agreed. Yeah. Um, for us, just so you know, for us, culture war stuff is the Friday night show stream. We try to keep it out mostly. I'm not nearly as good about it as he is because there's some things I feel do need to still be mentioned, but we do try to stay away from that on the uh, on the Sunday streams. Uh, we're session. Th Ooh, we're session three. Sorry. Probably not going to happen. Uh, Travis. So this is basically when the tranny horse. Are, what? Travis, you're watching right now. What the hell? What? what the hell did you mean by this? <laughs> this is, oh, mutant year zero. It, it, it's okay. It could get uh, the, the P word if we dive into this too much. <laughs> uh, Strider Gate Games. Don't know who you are, but. Probably a channel. You got a little logo there. Uh, this kind of woke. Okay, this uh, never mind. That's old, but still, there you go. You get to like, yes, it is. Keep pushing back. Keep pushing back. That's Friday Night Chill Stream. That's holy crap. That is here. That is Heroes this Unlimited. Is, and it's gonna be for you. So uh, yep. there you go. Wow, that's that's a lot. So I'm go check out which one is on, it. Let me read the first paragraph. Okay. I think the the mega hero should be an an MDC being. Yeah, it's an SDC setting, but I don't know yep. where you're getting at. There you skills, go. Skills, I've been editing it for decades now. My first deal with uh, skills, we do the IQ divide by five, how many programs you get. Okay. Okay. Uh, th this is uh, this is his homebrew on, on uh, changing the way skills are done rather than a random role. It's based on your IQ. There's, there's 
positive and negatives to that. The, the positive is the smarter you are, the more you can know. On the surface, it seems great, but there's also really smart people who get access to no education and really dumb people who get access to a lot of education so they seem smarter than they are because they're well-trained in their disciplines. So the, the random role of education is to mitigate that idea or that dichotomy, to, to walk the road between I, I can know a lot and I do know a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I Look, I understand what he's saying here. I'm just going to openly, fervently disagree. I don't believe that mega damage ruins anything. There, there's like this weird rumor out there saying, I hate mega damage. I know you said it once a long time ago, but... Uh, I don't hate mega damage, but it definitely is an SDC setting. Yes. And, you know, if you want to give them more, more I don't even SDC, know how that's fine. I don't know how you'd incorporate MDC into this because you'd end up no, breaking the game. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't because there, there is no other, there's no MDC damage dealing in the, in the base book and in the base book under mega hero, it states that in a high magic environment, you take the hit points and the SDC of a mega hero, add them together and turn it into MDC. So if they get rifted to planes, planes world to, to or a phase world, sorry, a phase world or rifts or any other mega damage environment, they become mega damage beings. Their powers do mega damage. So they, they, they fix themselves. As for this other stuff, I'll let Heathen Dog read that. He knows more about the numbers than I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and point blank, no harm, no foul. I'm just putting it uh, out there that, yeah, we used to have a segment too. Like if you go back and watch anything before this year, our segment yeah. twos were ranting about stuff, but I took that out of all this we wanted the sunday stream just to be focused on games itself uh, some people have complained about that <laughs> what segment two streams friday night show stream man um i prefer slave overgrown especially yeah can you tell i talked about this a little bit <laughs> yeah you did i can tell yeah, uh, the, okay slave overgrunt it uh it, it depends i didn't read the original write-up so if it's written like you know they literally just changed the word that's all that's they did all with, they did but yeah. but do, does the writing uh, evoke a picture of someone who is who is doing labor yes. that they don't want to do and mm. and and do not get compensated as much as they would. No, like uh, it, both terms work. My issue is this: if it had started as grunt, it wouldn't have been a problem. Oh, okay. You know why they changed? It. And I showed that it was slave in the first printing, it was slave in the second printing, it was slave in the third printing. It wasn't until the fourth printing that it changed. Okay, can they quit? It's their lot in life. I mean, yes. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you're not, it doesn't, you don't have like some master that tells you what you must do. You just tend to be a, a, a subservient, resilient type person. Okay. You're the canary in the cave, in the cave, uh, the coal mine. Coal mine. Yeah. So you just, but, you're just there to die. Yeah, kind of. Um, my thing was, and I think, yeah, he's he put here, not for your player character. It just doesn't make sense for me, a slave to be exploring. Well, if you're told to go explore, you'll explore. And I think that's what I put yeah. in my, yeah. Slave is told to go explore. That's what a slave will do. But but I, I get it. I mean, I really don't have a problem with the term grunt, ex except for the fact that it was a change, and you know why they made the change. Yeah. Spider. Thanks. Uh, you read about Forbidden Lands culture. Okay. Well. Oh, hang on, hang on. I got one. Uh, I got another one here. Uh, Rex Teal. Uh, thank you for all the comments. Today. I appreciate it. Uh, some of the flavor and rip sounds great, but probably hasn't been balanced into the game as well as it could have been. This game has been organic and growing for 40 years. So, yeah, it's not internally balanced. 
at as, as much as other games all. at all like 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 other other games are because there's been so many hands in this in this pie that there's no crust anymore but two things to that number one you we can talk about scope creep all day and all night oh yeah especially once you're getting the world books but it doesn't have to have balance there's there's I have never heard an argument about rifts where balance is needed. If you're playing a rogue scholar and trying to be a frontline fighter, you're playing it wrong. Yeah, you're playing it wrong. You know, just <laughs> just, just like I talked about the psychic, you know, manage expectations of the player. You're you are a support class, a rogue scholar, a cyber doc. They are support classes. You know, if you're not utilizing that support though. Yeah. Like, like how are you getting in? How are you code cracking to get into this building? How are you learning what's in this area? Kind of like what, when we were talking about Munir Zero earlier about know the zone, knowing what's in this area without those classes, without the Vagabond, without the Scout, exactly. Wilderness Scout. You need them. And if your Game Master lets you play without them effectively, I would say that's a bad Game Master. But yeah, there you, is you have no to stay balance. in your lane. Your, your job is to stay in your lane. The Game Master's job is to make sure your lane leads somewhere. That's it. Yep. If, if those two things are hand shook, you know, are, are, are all the way going on, then you can have a, a productive campaign. And when you have that fire breathing horned monster with 19 tentacles and, and uh freaking anteater go, mouth, what's that? Go get him, Ray. Go get That's him, Ray. not your problem right now. Your, <laughs> your support class. It's the fighter's problem. It's it's the Borg's problem. Yeah, it's the, the Borg's like, mercenary oh, problem. You know, yeah, it's right. their problem right now. Later on, you're going to have to pick up the pieces if you win. You know, you're gonna have to repair some stuff. You're gonna have to find some some healing herbs or whatever. That's your problem then. It's their problem now. And as long it, as you have your lane in your head and you stay in it, you're gonna have a good time. Do not pizza when you should be French fry. Uh, in Minnesota terms, riffs is a hot dish. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I think that is okay. it for the ones. Let me just quickly scroll down a little bit here because those are older ones and you missed the ones for you last week. Oh, I answered it for yeah, you. I did. Campaign ideas. What, what was that one for the, for, oh. yeah. The game just doesn't get enough. I, I covered these last week. You were, you were oh. here. You don't get to talk about them. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, fine. Uh, fine. There are a couple more for you. Um, campaign ideas. I'm with Heathen Dog. I think adding hope would be a great way to make the game way better, even if you fail. I was worried that that was going to get just incomprehensible amount of comments saying no you're going against the 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 feel of the game blah 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 and and i was ready for that and i and i agree i I agree i am going against the feeling of the game but i'm not a commie and i like the possibility of a happy ending but i also know you know that no win scenarios do exist i get that too i'm just i'll just i just have the whole kirk idea sure they exist but they're not it's not inevitable it's just that you you weren't good enough to win Fair that's enough. when you lose i i see it like a roguelike type game where it's like you play see how far you can get you know um you know people say it's like paranoia that was one of the comments it seemed like paranoia the thing is and i think one of the mistakes that's made come on get on screen that's made about paranoia and i probably do it as well on occasion is people think like, yeah we could do a one shot at paranoia you know you get six clones right but like, 
You can continue, and there's supposed to be intrigue that nobody ever puts in the game. They just do the comical. Yeah, the whole secret society and mutant thing is supposed to be an, an integral part of the game, and but it can't be unless you're playing a campaign. You literally can't really go down those roads unless you have a campaign. All right. Are you ready to uh, ready to wrap it up here and give us some words right. of wisdom and, and uh, float us on out? And I'll this time remember to play the outro music. <laughs> There you go. That'd be so, a good idea. Yeah. I will get to Let me say thank you to everybody who's here. Okay. We really appreciate y'all being here, keeping chat going, talking with us. Uh, please, again, like, subscribe, share. When these things hit video, you know, whatever social media you're on, Discord, Twitter, MeWe, whatever you do, go ahead and spread the word of those videos so that we can get some more views and more people like you in here talking about them. So that's all I got. But I hope everybody has a good week. All right. Now, when we were speaking about... Uh mutant U zero today and we, we were talking about the skills and skill roles and and i immediately saw a way that i thought could break the game in my favor that is what players do that's why games are play tested so the so the developers can can uh, be notified of these possible weaknesses in their structure because they have it in their heads that there's a way to play the game Whereas a player coming to it saying there is a, there is not, it's not just the way to play it, the way to think about it. There's, there is, what can I get out of this? What is the most logical way, even though it's not play as intended. So if you come across that, if you come across a player that is thinking of the maximum benefit and, and using rules against the spirit of the rule, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to decide to let him do it, or you're going to have to decide to say no. You're going to get kickback if you say no, because there's no rule against it. But the thing is, once once you buy a book, you can write in all you want. You can color in all of the blank spaces. You you can you can write your diary in it or your little, little, little journals about, about how you love My Little Pony. Nobody cares. You can change the rules at your table. Again, you if you change them too much, there could be some kickback. But if you're trying to address things that seem broken, most players will understand and forgive you and continue playing and having fun at your table.